right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, good morning, good morning, good morning, or good afternoon, depending on what location you're at. This is episode 38 of Living Split Screen with your host, Pong and Steel Rain. Look, ladies and gentlemen, there's a lot of amazing things happening. We are ending off the year strong. Um, this will be the last show that we have for the year, so hopefully you guys are buckled in tight. Uh, your seatbelts are fastened, and you're I hope hopefully you're along for the ride. Um, at least to my knowledge, uh, me and Pong don't have anything too much going on today, so we got a lot of we got a lot of time to talk about a lot of different things. And who knows? We like we like to say that sometimes these shows are going to end up being shorter, and then before we know it, we have another four hour episode. It is what it is. We just do this. We do it with passion and uh, dedication and uh, a lot of affection because we just we just love what we do here. But with that being said, uh, to start off with, I do want to let you know, from this point forward, I would not be using, well, at least at least for a while, I'm not going to be using any Halo Infinite campaign gameplay just because I want to give people time to really beat the game, not spoil it for anybody. Um, I did the intro the last beginning of the game for the first two hours from this point forward you're probably only going to see multiplayer gameplay um and i'll update that on a week-to-week basis and also as i get involved in other games too because I, I just like to bring you guys content so what you see here today is going to be me getting it in and some ranked and also just some overall pvp in halo infinite so definitely enjoy that um I was actually snapping pretty hard for this two, almost three hours right here. So hopefully you guys enjoyed that. Um, other than that, we got a lot of amazing things to talk about, man. Um, this week has been interesting. I know for a lot of people, they may feel differently, but uh, we definitely want to talk about the Spinner Cell remake. Uh, we also want to talk about NFTs and gaming, man. I know a lot of people kind of feel up and down about it. Me and Pong kind of have a different angle um, where it doesn't affect us as much, even though we do understand uh, the repercussions of it being involved in the ecosystem. Um, and then not only that, we have to wrap up 2021. Uh, we'll probably just list out some of our favorite games, also go through some of the games that released this year, and let you guys know that, man, a lot of people try to sit, sit out here and tell you that there's nothing out here to play, there's no games, and I have a list of at least 33 games that I would recommend to try if you haven't run into these yet. So, but we'll definitely get to that. Without further ado, I'll give you guys a little bit about my week. It's been a little hectic, um, but it's other than that, it's just kind of been work and life, man, you know, as things usually are. Um, I've just been getting in on some Halo for the most part every night, just taking my time with it. I did end up beating uh, the Halo Infinite Legendary uh difficulty so that was an amazing thing there's a lot of uh, amazing things that i have to say about that and a lot of it i'm probably just going to hold off on um just until we get further down the road i'm gonna give people time to really you know so soak it in and everything and there's no there's no time there shouldn't be a time limit that you have to beat a game right uh it's it's your game you take as long as you need to beat it and i'll just try to respect that as best as i can um other than that i have to pass it off to one of the most uncanny gentlemen in not only the podcast space, but just in life itself. Um, the man who has a ton of knowledge. He's a fantastic gentleman himself. He, you know, is the other half that really powers his show on a week-to-week -week basis. And one of the main reasons why every Saturday you guys come out of this with that energy boost that you need to get that weekend started. My brother from another, no other than 
Pong Soul himself. What's going on, my guy? Well, brother, we are back for another Saturday. Living split screen. Look, it's been, like you said, a hectic week. But gaming continues, and we are now in the holiday season and the holiday cheer. Uh, gaming companies themselves are on vacation, so news okay. is slowing down. But we do have some interesting things this week. Uh, Splinter Cell definitely being one of them. Um, but before I get into that, real quick, maybe maybe you, you touch on it, please. I, I, there were some things I forgot. I was trying to roll through. Touch yeah. on. No, no, no problem. No problem. So first things first, uh, quick shout out. Obviously, you know, Living Split Screen is a part of the Midweek Mix-Up Collective, uh, who the founding member over there is Wandering Dutch, of course. For anybody who doesn't know, please go check out Wandering Dutch and the whole crew over there. Just amazing guys from across the pond, brothers from another. Look, guys are incredible. What they do over there, they put on a great show, but... Something special this week. Wandering Dutch is doing a 24-hour gaming marathon, which has already started. Okay, He started at 6 a.m. Eastern time, 11 a.m. GMT time for our European friends. So but he's doing it for the Macmillan uh, Cancer, uh, which is like one of the cancer foundations out there. He's doing a 24-hour gaming marathon. Please drop in his stream anytime. I don't even care if you do it doing our stream. I don't care. Just go over there and support the man. Uh, if he can give, wonderful. He's got it all set up for donations. Uh, it's obviously anytime. Fuck cancer, right? We all know this. Thanks. It's all affected somebody in our lives uh, at some point, right? Uh, I think we can say that cancer is, is, is obviously one of those awful things that... All, Almost everybody has to deal with, whether directly or indirectly. So please go check out Wandering Dutch's stream. 24 hours. He's got the full schedule up. It's just him. He's going to have General C and other members of the community maybe jump in as well. Uh, but the guy's doing good work over there. So even if you can't uh, give, which totally understand, uh, just drop in and say hi. Uh, he would appreciate that. Um, so again, I just wanted to give a shout out to our brother there, uh, oh. Wandering Dutch. So uh, please do that. Um, otherwise, I think that's about it. Uh, did you have anything else, Steel, that you forgot that you want to? No, right I now? mean that's that okay. is the most important yeah. part, uh, yeah. definitely. Um, not only that, but we also are giving away one hundred and seventy-five dollars worth of Xbox gift cards. Um. Hey, we just want to wish you here at Living Split Screen a Merry Christmas. Um, we're going to have Santa Louie coming through and uh, announce that lucky winner for that $100 gift card. And then for the $75, we're going to have another lucky winner that we'll announce ourselves to win that. So you can at least have two winners here. They're going to have um, hopefully a fantastic Christmas, hopefully a couple free games there um, that you can get and definitely get that gaming started for you. Maybe you want to invest in that new Elite controller. Maybe you want to get a new co uh, console. Who knows? Uh, hopefully the, the little bit can help you out. It's just our way of saying thank you to the community and also want to shout out again Country Gentleman on Twitter um, again for just being a gentleman with for the 75 and then also Crazy Lou we gaming for dropping that $100 for us to give to you all. So stay on the lookout for that. We're going to be dropping that at some point, maybe midway during the show, maybe towards the end. We might do half and half. Who knows? But um, it's just a way to say thank you to the community. So thank you, gentlemen, for that. Can't do nothing but give you love and praises. Uh, other than that, man, um, tell the people a little bit about your week. 
Yeah, what's you what you've been getting into game wise, man? Have you been able to get any gaming in really here recently? Yeah, I, of course, of course. I've I've gotten a little gaming time in, so I've been uh, dealing in obviously Halo campaigns, part of my rotation now. So I keep plugging away at Halo uh, a little bit here and there. Uh, I'm definitely not no lifing it by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, <laughs> jump back into chorus. Um, been working on plugging away on chorus as well. Again, can't stress enough. If you're looking for a space shooter, please go check out Chorus. It is not a full price game. I know it's not in Game Pass, but it's only a $40 game. And if you love space shooters, this game is a must. I'm not joking. I know the reviews were good, just kind of mixed uh, from how people liked it or didn't, you know, some of the things. It's a fantastic game. It's one of the best space shooters I've played in a very long time. So go check that out as well. And, of course, this week in Game Pass, uh, we had a big big lineup of games drop in there. So I got my Mortal Kombat 11. Steel, yes. you know, behind the scenes, I was going to pick up Mortal Kombat on sale. Were. And all of a sudden, now it's in Game Pass. Now, it doesn't come with Aftermath. It doesn't come with all. It doesn't come with the expansion. But I get the base game in Game Pass. That's beautiful. Uh, but also, the gunk dropped in there. We've been waiting on the gunk for a long time. Now, uh, the gunk did not turn out to be the game a lot of people were expecting it to be um, okay. from the devs uh, that did SteamWorld Dig uh, mm-hmm. 1 and 2 uh, and SteamWorld. Uh, so I love those games. But those games are a lot of puzzling, right? And it's a lot of okay. – there's strategy involved. A totally different game, right? This is a brand-new adventure for, for that dev uh, team over there at Thunderfall. So for me, I was – I, I didn't know what to expect, but I did expect like a, a little bit bigger adventure. Okay. Uh, most people are completing too. this. Yeah, most people are completing this game in like five hours. What I will say about this game is don't listen to the reviews. Uh, if you got Game Pass, please download it and try it for yourself. Mm-hmm. This is a completely 100% chill game. Okay, so if 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 you awesome. just want to sit down and kind of cleanse the palate from playing Halo or whatever the case may be, this is the perfect game. This isn't going to for, for for most gamers, this isn't going to challenge you, uh, but it's just a cool little title. I love the graphics. Some people are saying they should be more colorful. I think they're beautiful. I really like what they did there. Characters are fun, um, but right. it's just a chill game. It's not a difficult game at all. Also, as I was telling Steel behind the scenes, if you have kids, right, this is the perfect game to sit down and pass the controller between you too okay nice. or or you three or whatever right. doesn't matter this is just that perfect game to just laugh and have a good time with very little combat there's some critters you got to deal with but it's not even combat really um otherwise you're just running around these worlds cleaning up gunk and finding this new stuff right finding new kind of exploring there's some light puzzle aspects to it nothing outrageously challenging at all so it's a perfect game for kids now i will warn you Oddly enough, when you're playing this game, you're going to first think, hey, this is kind of a family game. But they did throw in some some profanity uh, in some weird spots during conversations, like right. just kind of out of the blue. Nothing hardcore, uh, you know, you know, no F words, no nothing like that. But there is a couple. And I know some parents are very sensitive about that. So I will warn you about that right. up front. But otherwise, perfect game to sit down with the kids and play with over the holidays again about a five-hour adventure i'm about uh, two and a half three hours in right now at this point um so just a cool game 
I, I love it. Uh, the reviews are, are, you know, not doing well. And I think it's in the sixties now it dropped in the 69 or something like that. It started in the 70, which I was like, all right, I can see why. Uh, I think just people's expectations were a little bit more uh, than what this game turned out to be, but great game. So please go check out the gunk. Uh, really enjoying it. Um, other than that steel, you know, Skyrim here and there. Um, what else did I jump into? Oh, I tried the I, I tried a couple of the 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 Game Pass games too, like uh, the Transformers strategy game that dropped in there. Oh wow! Okay. Hey, here's here's what I'll say about the, the uh, Transformers Battlegrounds is okay. what it is. Uh, I've been looking at that game for a while. Uh, here's what I'm going to say about Transformers Battlegrounds. Uh, as an old school Transformers fan, I'm not happy with what they did here. However, as from a game aspect, this is a great strategy game to start your kids on. If you okay. want to get your kids interested mm. in strategy games, it is basic strategy, like turn-based strategy, right? So I would say give them, let them try Transformers Battlegrounds because it's the perfect introduction to that style of game. And it, and I'm, you, you can sit there with your kids and teach them the basics about how these games kind of play. And it's not going to be, over the top challenging like most of those games are so this right. is a great introduction type game right so um looking forward to hopping into firewatch uh, i've been waiting on that game for a while glad it dropped in the game pass a lot of people say it's one of uh, a really great game um and then lake as well i think that's the one with the uh, mail carrier and you kind of kind of get a venture and you're like the mail lady we saw it at a couple hmm. uh id and xbox shows okay. uh so i'm gonna hop into that one as well uh, and then uh, the uh, um, final one is the uh, oh the the God dang it why did I forget hold on let me I want to get this right because it is kind of a people who don't know don't know but people who do know do know it's uh, the Deedlet game oh God why can't I find it Very now throwing blanks on that too ah uh, hold on hold on. Well, well, as you, as you uh, record, as you, right. It's, it's record of the Lotus war. Okay. okay. Which I go back with because it was an anime. Okay. Record ah, of the Lotus okay. war is one of my favorite animes, high fantasy anime, which we, I don't know anymore. Cause I don't watch newer anime, but we didn't get a whole lot of high fantasy. Like I'm talking about, you know, dragons, knights, that kind of stuff. There wasn't a whole lot of that anime out there, but record of the Lotus war was one of my favorite animes. So this is Deedlet, Who's one of the main characters. She's the elf uh, kind of archer. Uh, if you want to call her a classic style elf archer. Uh, and it's called Record of the Lotus War, Deedlet in Wonder Labyrinth. Uh, I have not played it yet. However, I've watched videos on it. Uh, some people were already posting clips and a lot of hardcore Castlevania fans mm -hmm. are saying this is like Castlevania and you should go play it. So wow, if you're okay. looking, looking for that style of game, download this one as well uh, because people are saying it's really, really good. Right. So I can't wait to try it out. So Nice. There we go. Hey, yeah. I, I like those. I like. I like all over the place there. this week, but whatever. That's hey, man. I mean, it, it, it's it's like you say you're a great. You like to, you like to touch on multiple things. What makes it so I, unique is that you always come from a different angle on it. I um, mean, you always have a lot of amazing things to say, and I feel like. Again, like you always say, it's not about, oh, are you completing every game? You know everything about the game. Um, the fact that you can also talk about them subjectively, the fact that you always also have the knowledge to kind of carry it with you, um, is it, that's an important part. I mean, and if for people who do that kind of thing, like I'll never hold it over somebody said, oh, you didn't beat that game. I am, uh, no, but if we get in the conversation about it, um, which we always do, 
Um, as long as you can bring something to the conversation, that's what's going to be important. Yeah. As long as you're just not saying that the game is games are trash and you, can't explain yeah, you it. You know me. And, and, I'm not going to give right. you a full review on any <laughs> game I don't play, but I can give right. you an overview of the style right. of game, and I can tell you whether or not I like it and right. what I like about it, right? so You should be able to uh, do that, right, as a yeah. game, and anybody should be able to do that. I, yeah. I implore anybody, definitely take your consideration, your thoughts, your opinions to heart first before anything else matters. Yep. Um, one other thing that I did want to shout out is shout out to Halo Esports HCS on Twitch again, busting over the 100K viewers Whoa, for really? a tournament. Yes, I saw that yesterday. Again, over 100K viewers watching the HCS tournament for Halo Infinite. Ladies and gentlemen, if Halo isn't back in a big way, I don't know what else to tell you. If you're not liking it, Oh, I don't know what to tell you. Maybe you're just not a multiplayer gamer. Maybe you don't like PvP like that. Man, I can't get enough of the game personally. Uh, yes, there are some downfalls. Yes, there are some things that I feel like couldn't be changed. Yes, it's not the most perfect game in the world, but it is the best Halo game thus far. And the fact that this foundation is here only gets me excited especially after that campaign for what the future holds um i was listening to jeff grubb and mike minotti on uh on their podcast yesterday with games beats the side and they, he brought up some good points um and everything there was one point that he ended up making um and i kind of wanted to bring this up just kind of start the show off because we don't have much to get into as far as upcoming games go so um i believe there's like one or two which will <laughs> Here, you know what i'll, I'll run them i'll run them real quick yeah, go, so, go ahead and okay. take care of them there, there's literally two games uh so hold on here let me bring it back up here real quick so yeah uh for for next week obviously again this is that time of the year everything's out Companies are taking their breaks. Not a whole lot going on, right? We're going to get some Game Pass uh, drops, uh, which they showed off. But otherwise, we're getting uh, Among Us, the Crewmate Edition for PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X and S, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Switch, all dropping on December the 21st. Uh, So Among Us Crewmate Edition. Uh, And then we're getting a game called Lacuna, dropping the 21st on PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. And on the Switch on december 28th uh and so that's basically all they're showing right now obviously there's probably going to be a couple smaller games that do drop during that time frame but that's what game informer showing us uh lacuna is an action style looks like detective cyberpunk world uh and it's already been on a pc since uh oh may of uh, last year so uh but that's all it's dropping that's all a game informer has um so again not a whole lot going on during this time of the year. Uh, just a bunch of sales and catching up on all the games that we just got over the past, oh, six months. Right. <laughs> Which yeah. has been a lot. <laughs> exactly. So, and then yeah. we were thinking about jumping into some of it to kind of give you guys a look into the future. But we'll go, we'll take that care of that later on. It's not a, too big of a deal. Yeah. Um, but those are the upcoming games. But to jump back into what I was kind of speaking to, Jeff Grubb made some good points um yesterday when I was listening to this podcast. Um, one starting off with he said this about Halo. Uh he said that not only has he said Halo's a Halo ass Halo game, which it should be, but uh he also made the point yesterday that because people have got onto him or tried to get onto him about the reviews and the way they scored it and everything else. And other people have kind of done the similar thing where people have come out and saying, Hey, well, people are saying this game isn't is giving this game 10 and, and it's not perfect. And it's like, 
okay. And I'm not. I'm, I'm just going to paraphrase here, so I'm, it's not going to be word for word. But essentially, what Jeff Grubbs was saying was that when they review games, or when anybody reviews games. You can't review the game based off of previous iterations or um, what it could be, what it should have, or what you want the game to have in it. You have to judge it for what is in front of you. What is the content that was given to you? You were given a full campaign and you were given a multiplayer. Whether you want to say, oh, one's free to play and the campaign doesn't have co-op, it does not matter. Did you enjoy the campaign? What would you rate the campaign? No, don't say, oh, well, if it had co-op, I'd give it. No. What would you give the campaign? We do not do this with any other game. Again, I'll keep bringing up the same game over and over again. I'm not going to do it here because that's not what we're talking about. I don't want to go on a tangent because I, I will. You have to judge games for what is put in front of you. Now, if there's things missing for you personally, I understand that. There's things that are missing for me personally. Customization is a big thing for me. Pong will, me Pong will always go back and forth on that. I love customization in games. Is it lacking in a lot of departments here? Yes, but every first season of any free-to-play game is very lacking. So I can give some credence there. But what I can't do is not to gain points for it delivering on it being a game. You gave me a full campaign that I thoroughly loved and enjoyed, regardless of co-op was there or not, regardless of Forge was there or not, regardless of whatever else that you wanted to be there or not. And we have a multiplayer that I cannot say for a lot of other games that are out on the market that are either doing one or the other. Halo did both and did both. 343, shout out to them. Um, because I, I definitely want to jump into a little bit of the Power On document too. We might we might nice start with that. But shout out to 343 and a team of Microsoft, team at Xbox, for pulling this together and putting out an excellent title overall, across the board. And the only reason I wanted to make that point is because I like to hear other people's unique perspectives. And when I heard Jeff Grubb say that, it clicked the it clicked the it flicked the switch with me because that's how I feel about it. That's how I feel about all games. I'm not looking at games like, oh, it's missing this and this and this and this. Yes. Now, if it's missing something and I acknowledge it's missing something, then I can either choose to invest in it or not. That's the power of the consumer. Last of Us 2 is a perfect example. I'm not going to invest in that game until there's a multiplayer behind it. That's just me personally. Anybody can feel how they want to about it. You can say what you want to. You're not going to convince me otherwise. Because of how my confidence as a gamer and what I stand for, what I'm into. There's too many other things down here to play. Or to be swayed one, one way or the other. But I just wanted to give that to the people because I feel like that's an important point. We have to judge games as we move into the future because not only is this the golden age of gaming, not only is this the age of accessibility, but we're also in an age of entitlement where people feel like they have to be entitled to every single fucking thing that exists in the gaming space. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen, that's not the way life works. I feel like at some point, like at a lot of points, a lot of the entitlement that a lot of people have is flawed. People feel like, oh, we need to have so many more different things. You're not giving me enough. 
And that mentality is not going to push us forward. So I kind of wanted to bring that up. Pong, how do you feel about that entire situation? Do you feel the same way that we should judge games for what is put in front of us and then go from there? I know me and you like to look things at um, in a space in their own vacuum and then judge them that way. How do you feel about that? Uh, and how do you feel about some of the things that Jeff Gerber said? How many times are we going to have talks about reviews and this controversy and everybody's got a score, a review, it's an opinion. Pure and simple at the end of the day. People can review, they can review score, movies, books, video games, music, all different types of ways, right? It's not one set way of doing this. So at the end of the day, it's all subjective. Just like everything else in life. It's subjective, okay? Why people get so upset at somebody giving something a 10 out of 10 when reviewers will tell you a 10 out of 10 does not mean perfection yep. in any way, shape, or form. At all. It does not. They could have wake, woke up that morning in a good mood and decided to give a game a 10 out of 10, that same game on a different day when they were in a bad mood could have been an 8.5 out of 10, okay? It's all subjective. It does not matter why people get so wrapped up in all this. I have no idea. I don't, that's why I have never put stock into reviews for me personally, outside of, again, if there's a game I'm on the fence about, thinking about buying as a budget gamer, somebody who can't just go buy everything. And if I throw away $60 or throw away $60, oh, no big deal to me. It is mm-hmm. a big deal to me. Yeah. When I'm on the fence, I will read people that I trust that I know have similar t- taste to mine to maybe kind of sway me one way or the other. Right. Okay. That's when I use them for games that I know I'm going to buy. I could care freaking less for games that I know I'm not going to buy. I could care freaking less. I'll read those reviews for entertainment. For right. the most part, that's what reviews are. Right. I don't need to justify my purchase in any way, shape, or form. I don't need other people to tell me that the game I'm playing is good for me to have enjoyment if right. I'm liking it, just like the gunk. Like I said, a lot of people downplaying the gunk, saying it's terrible, that they got the game, or whatever. They're using it for all different reasons because yeah. the gunk was kind of hyped up or whatever else. That does not take away from what I played. I downloaded it. Tried it out and said, you know what? I'm having fun with this game. This game's kind of cool. It's chill. It's quite a few people deal. doing that. Mm-hmm. Right. And I could, so I, so, so do I care that it's scoring a 69 or whatever, whatever it's at right now? No, I don't, I don't care. I'm enjoying the game. So when people get upset about Halo, of course, as a high profile, as one of the pillars in the gaming industry, as a, as a, as a lightning rod for attention that halo is and we knew this is going to happen steel P- steel right. people are trying to downplay halo say halo was over with halo's dead franchise should be scrapped it's not worth it it's long past its point it's expired all that good stuff we heard all that garbage that nonsense again for all the criticism i had for three three four three during this process right. and things that i saw from the outside just as playing armchair ceo and, and saying what I would do differently or what I would change or whatever the case may be. For all of that, I still, at the end of the day, said that Halo's king. And I said that Halo would re- had an opportunity this year if they stuck the landing to retake its throne. Right. And that's exactly what it's doing. And now people are upset about it. Now people are saying media bias on the other side after we saw 
nothing but praise for Sony for an entire generation. Now that side wants to claim media bias because the media is picking up that Xbox is doing things good, doing things well again, and all of a sudden their games are hitting it a little differently now, right? Their games are are a little different quality than, than maybe what we got last generation, right. which which you and I could argue, obviously, as well. Yeah, I mean, but but now we want to claim that there's media bias and oh, how can you give Halo a ten out of ten? You're giving Halo a ten out of ten, a nine out of ten, an eight out. Of, whatever you're giving it is for how you personally, that reviewer was feeling personally that day about Halo. And there is no denying that the package that three four three has dropped into everybody's lap is of very high quality. Yep. However you want to judge it, again, graphics, oh, they're not current gen, not next gen. They're not blowing me out of the water. Look, that's your opinion. That's your personal taste. That's what you had up in your head to expect out of a Halo game in, the, in 2021. For a lot of people, like Steel, like myself, this is Halo. They went back to the more original style. It's a gorgeous game. It's got some crazy good visuals for a cross-generation game right for on a brand new engine it's beautiful to me i think it looks great i don't care because in halo am i looking around and exploring you know dense forests and trying to find treasure chests and do not no no i'm looking for the next grunt to blow his head off right that's that's what i'm looking to do yeah I'm, i'm not here for that experience right halo is a different experience but Gunplay that matters in Halo, whether you're in multiplayer or whether you're in single player, right. there isn't a there isn't a game that'll top the gunplay, right? There isn't a game that will top this, in my opinion. Again, I think Destiny has fantastic gameplay. Of course, made by Bungie, who started out on Halo, who created the console space for first-person shooters with the original Halo, mm. right? They started this trend. They did what nobody, they did what people said could not be done. Give you the keyboard and mouse experience on a controller. Yep. They said that could not be done. There was no way. Well, guess what? They pulled it off. 343 has perfected it, I think. 343, again, it's just, that's what matters to me in Halo. So if I had to score Halo, again, overall, because I, again, personal opinion, not fact, for me, it's missing co-op. And you could say that shouldn't count well. For some reviewers, it is going to count. Yeah, for is. me, yeah, I would dock it. I would dock it a point because it doesn't have co-op because I, I can't wait for the co-op experience. Right. But again, the game at the end of the day is of the highest quality. So for anybody to be upset at eights, nines, tens, it does not matter. Stop. You people, go play what you love. If it's Halo, If it's not Halo, go play something else. Plenty of other stuff out there. Why you care? Halo is a great game. It's showing up. Steel just talked about people are flocking to watch it as an esport already. Already. Crazy. Yeah, that that's a niche audience. Esports isn't like it's huge. It's gigantic. But again, in the overall conversation, you know, we're not talking about the NFL here. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Not yet. (laughs) Not yet. Not yet. But what I'm saying is that you've got people flocking to watch it already as an esport, which goes to show you that it has broken through to the mainstream already. People realize that Halo Infinite is something special. 
that three four three did stick this landing. Right. So again, stop caring so much about stupid stupid opinions from people that you have no respect for or claim that you have no respect for because they're biased now. Okay, then don't care. Then move on with your life. It's not going to change you. It's not going to change how God of War feels in your PlayStation 5, right? It's not going to do any of that. Just let people enjoy what they enjoy for once. This, right. this, this stuff just gets tiring, Steel. You and I have been on about this for nonstop. And again, it's a small portion, but it is our community. It is what we are here. We are in this space in this bubble but at the end of the day it just gets tiring because i don't get it i can't put myself in the i try to put myself in everybody's shoes when i can right try to try to have some you know compassion or understanding for why people think the way they think with this kind of nonsense i can't because i just don't understand how it affects you i i just it does not affect me if a reviewer hates the game that i'm playing it didn't affect me when cyberpunk was getting shredded and I popped that game into my we were series having a X godly time we were and I was fun. having a freaking fantastic time. And I got steel over here who we talked into me and Tempest son talked into getting cyberpunk. Who's not a single player necessarily experienced kind of guy, but he's been trying and he pops in cyberpunk and he's having a freaking excellent time. And we're oh. looking at all these people online going, are we playing the same game here? Because that's what not I was wondering seeing, for a while. Yeah. You're not seeing what you're seeing, or at least to the extent, right? But it didn't change my experience. I, I, I still, to this day, I will, I don't have a yellow chair. I'm not part of the yellow chair mafia club that everybody tried to talk about. That that everybody got the free cyberpunk chairs, and that's the only reason why it was getting high reviews. Otherwise, the game was, I'm not a part of that, but I'm still out here and will tell you that cyberpunk was my favorite game of last generation. Again, I cheated, I played on current gen hardware on the Series X. So I didn't have, you know, I didn't right. have that tear. And, and again, never take away from somebody's experience. I know the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One uh, was yeah, not yeah. a good experience. Yeah, all right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know that. But for me, it's still my game of the year generation, you know, my game of the year or my game of the generation last generation. For me personally, I, I absolutely loved everything about Cyberpunk and I'm going to get back to it again. But it didn't change, right? I just, I scratched my head at when it becomes cool to hate something right when it becomes cool and the mob starts jumping around and there are we living right it just gets tired because no, again, this, this, this industry is about fun and, and unfortunately i see a lot of people at least the persona that they put out there online and what they give us front facing uh on twitter and other places on youtube is that they're not having fun anymore in this industry and then i gotta ask why are you still in this hobby because that's what this hobby is about and if you ain't having fun, why are you still here? We'll read a book. We'll find some movies. I, 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 don't, I, don't, I mean, I that's know. the overall point for me, man. I, again, I mean, I know we. it sounds like we're beating the same drama. And again, I didn't want to make it specifically just about Halo because it's more than that. It's about any game. Uh, it doesn't matter what it is. If you're having enjoyment out of it, you're getting the love out of it, you're getting everything that you're possibly wanting out of it, that is the point right um and i and like pong was saying yeah we kind of speak it from in our bubble and things like that i want you guys to know this isn't just a twitter space this is reddit this is facebook this is yeah. youtube this is and twitter that i'm i consider in all these conversations there's too many people who get caught up in oh it's just twitter no it's more than that and that's what i'm speaking to it's those people i know some people in the chat were saying hey well you know we, we just live in the era of you know it started last gen where people just felt in titled and 
I I agree with that in some form, but at the same at the same time, we don't necessarily have to fall in line with everybody else. We can give our opinion, say this is how we feel, take that RTS view, pull ourselves out of the world like we always do and like we always say here, so that we, as the gamer, can give you honest, passionate, and enthusiastic conversation while giving you that energy boost to get you started into your weekend right here with living split screen. Hey, hey, just ain't that the way to start a show? Uh, but yeah, uh, overall, ladies and gentlemen, I mean, we do it for you. We do it for you all. We want you all to do it for yourself because it is the hobby. It is the passion. Recognize it as that. Everybody has multiple hobbies. You binge watch shows. I play video games. What's the difference? Right? I'm more interactive if you would I really have that right. in, that argument, but hey, it is what it is. Um, from there, I do want to kind of jump into the power on documentary. Um should we shout out some people in the chat first? We will, and we we definitely we definitely okay. should. All right. Um okay. I just want to let the people know what kind of where we're moving into. Oh, because... okay. All right, you're giving you're giving the rundown. Yeah, you're giving, yeah, giving yeah, the roadmap. Yeah, yeah. living splits. Yeah, right, yeah. Right, I want I want to okay. let the people know the next thing we're going to get into is the power on documentary because I feel like there was a lot of powerful things that were pointed out there. Um, I want to kind of come here because I watched the whole thing. I binge watched the whole thing. Um. I want to kind of give people my perspective on it. Also, as someone who grew up with it and it kind of experienced that, I've been look. You want to you want to kind of try my experience or how how dedicated I am. I've been involved with Microsoft since Windows ninety five. I was born in ninety two. I was just gonna say that's right when you were born. Almost. Yeah, uh, but <laughs> I've 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 but I have I remember vividly remember windows 95 so but that's neither here or there and it kind of start it kind of starts from there and moves forward so uh, but i definitely want to give you guys some opinions on that because i feel like it has a lot of influence on today and not only that it's just a lot of interesting perspectives there but let's get into it let's shout out some people here uh you amazing people show up we on a week-to-week basis a lot of you and i can't do nothing but be amazed by that um we have a lot of wonderful people who constantly have conversation within our chat. That's the main thing, too, man. Uh, we're not a huge, you know, amazing show, whatever the case. I think we're quite amazing. But um, that's neither here or there. Uh, but we have a smaller show. You know, we don't have the attention to some of the bigger, bigger places. We would love to because I feel like we offer something that is uh, a lot different from a lot of these other places. But to each their own. Uh, this is a little, little brag report right there. But. Let's shout out Casket Repair, Jago Coogan. Hey, man, I've been seeing you on Halo, man. Anytime that you see me on, hit me up, send me an invite. Let's get together, um, and we, we can play together. I know a lot of people, a lot of people here recently, hold on, a little side tangent before I shout out some more people. Every time that I play with people now, it's like when they, they look at my rank and they're like, I don't know if I can play with you, Steel, man. You're Onyx. We keep getting put up against people who are, like, fucking thrashing us, man. I don't know. I'm you like, do that to people, Steel. You're intimidating. I'm, I'm, I was like, I'm sorry, man. I'm just like, I'm not trying. <laughs> it's like, I'm not trying to be. I just, uh, but I understand. If you don't want to run with me because I'm, I'm ranked Onyx and Diamond, I, I understand. But, hey, if you want to run it, let's run it. Um, Fun speculation is in the house. What's going on, Mav? We got the little kingdom going on over there. I definitely feel you. I see you, my guy. Uh, Dune Reaper, C4 Skills, and we just had Nordic Wolfkin subscribe. I need to change that little image that, cut, that pops up to something more creative. I don't more, know. I, 
I don't even notice it. Yeah, it, it pops up all the time. I hear it. Um, <laughs> um, Rain of the Third Eye. I feel like I haven't seen you in a while. Shout out to you, my guy. Says no elite. What's going on? UK Bass, the Stig himself. What's going on, my guy? Black Card. What's up? Uh, who else? Knicks. Man, you're you're here every week, man, and I, and, I, and I love the passion. I love the dedication. You're always popping off in chat. Love love the opinions that you have always have going on in there, man. Uh, Tony Grasso, what's going on? He said, I put 240 hours into Cyberpunk and still plan on going back. Shout out to you. Hey, man. I'm just waiting. I'm waiting for some more updates, some more DLC to drop. I've only put 50 hours in it, and I got one of the best endings in the game, man. So I'm ready to go back whenever they give me some more DLC. That's one game that I would love to play co-op. I'm not gonna lie. I think that'd be real, some real fun to tear through the city in Cyberpunk. Oh yeah, um, it would be. Who else we got in here? We got back from the dead. What's going on, my guy? Who else we got in here? I'm scrolling on through here. I'm scrolling on ACK360. What's going on? Who else we got? Said Joe Dunmore. What's going on? Who else we got? Sour Blow Gaming. How you doing, man? Hopefully, hopefully you're all right. Hopefully your week's been good. Soul Khan, what's going on? Are you um, Shao Khan's brother? Just <laughs> let me know. Let me know in the chat. <laughs> Fat Boy Horror, what's going on? Smitty Smith, you know, as they say, Smitty Smith just brings us back to church. So lucky it's not Sunday, but hey, anytime you want that book of Acts, he'll give it to you. Oh, who else we got in there? Awful Grim Bones. What's going on, my guy? Good to see you here. Dragon Art Yobi saying peace, love, life. Let's go. What's going you on? You legend, you. Yeah, he's the legend. Double, hey. Double K24 just showed up in the chat. Good Ooh, to see you, sir. Double K24. What's going on? Uh, who else we got in here? We got some beautiful people. Uh, Matt Barnes. Rescue Squad Cope. What's going on? 4GQTV stopped through or earlier. Shout out to you, clowns and them. Casket repair. I believe I shouted you out earlier also. Double K24. What's going on? He said, what's good, fellas? What's popping off, Double A, man? We just in here going to give you that passionate game talk and uh, give it, hopefully get, hit you upside the head with some of these topics and some energy to get that weekend started for you, man. Uh, hopefully y'all have been enjoying spider-man i've been hearing some amazing things about spider-man no puns intended and that only gets me excited man oh my goodness spider-man a little little side tangent spider-man has been an iconic part of like kind of my childhood now i'm more of a venom fan of course i feel like venom is like as i grew older i kind of felt i could relate more to venom even though i I am still a spider-man fan I, i still have this this little place in my heart for Spider-Man that I just can't get by. All right. Shizno at least says still. Now that's an awesome idea. Having a buddy out in night in the city. In Night City would be crazy, especially if there's no leash. That's what I'm saying, man. I think that'll be I think that'll be badass, man. Um they say co-op off of Grim Bone says they said co-op was coming, didn't they? Um I know they talked about PvP. I don't know if it was co-op or not. Yeah, they 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 were gonna do multiplayer. They were they were yeah, they were gonna do multiplayer, uh, and that's been nixed um and oh completely they, they yeah completely um so and no update to that they they did that early on with all the problems they said that they were done with multiplayer they weren't gonna do that anymore they were gonna focus on fixing the game so whether or not they bring it back at some point if they get it right maybe um i'm not i'm not 
hold my breath though. I'll right, right, hundred percent. Um, Jay was saying, I'm waiting on the Matrix next Wednesday. Woo! Yeah, the fact that the, I didn't know that the uh, they were going to actually release that on HBO Max, so that's kind of that's kind of dope. Uh, I'm kind of excited. I'm kind of excited for that, man. I don't have to go to the movies to see the Matrix. Oh, I'm I'll, I'll pass it. I don't I'll, watch I'll movies anymore, but uh, we are going to because the. The wife's youngest is back in town, uh, as I talked about earlier, and so we are going to uh, do a Matrix marathon and then go see nice. sometime while he's here. So yeah, nice. Sure. That should be that yep. should be really dope. That's a, that's an amazing thing. That's a that's a trip to go down for sure. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I, I definitely was considering it myself. I think I might do that too at some point. Excellent movies. Um, all right, ladies and gentlemen. So with that being said. Let's get a little into let's get a little bit into this power on document, man. Uh, documentary. I, I haven't seen a lot of heard too many people talk about it for real. Um, I don't know why it hasn't been a bigger topic for conversation. The biggest reason I say that is because the power on document documentary. I'm not going to say exposed, but help me realize that there was a lot of different things that were going on that I feel like wasn't necessarily going on like let's say for let's say biggest example that i could use for that um i always thought that xbox and microsoft were always like kind of hand in hand with each other help you know microsoft was helping xbox grow and when you watch the documentary you come to find out that xbox was actually something that <laughs> started from the direct x team and they had to actually go steal the windows os to break it down <laughs> to help create what xbox was going to be is dumbfounding to me because I I really initially thought that Microsoft had full hands in it and they they had full say like yeah go go ahead and it was more of a team based thing and it wasn't that way so that was an amazing thing to me um not only that but I was telling Pong in the background one of the bigger things that I really noticed out of that documentary and Paul's going to bring up one of the other um, aspects because I I definitely and I definitely agree with that too was one of the main things that pulled out for me is that Microsoft, a service-based company, came out of nowhere who does not do hardware. They don't do hardware, period. They were known and they, almost, they were known for a monopoly for being a service-based company. Um, made hardware to keep up with a giant known as Sony who was already knee-deep neck deep into making hardware at the time we're talking about hot we're talking about walkmans cd players tvs uh stereo systems anything that you could think sony makes so for a service-based company to take an l and really invest themselves into the console market shows the and it shows you and they showed you through the documentary and everything shows the dedication that not only Bill Gates had, but that Microsoft had to the gaming scene and wanting to have kind of to be the center of everyone's home entertainment or of the living room or the, the center of the living room. And that was one of the main aspects for me to, to see Microsoft come in and be as big of a influence on and this is something else that kind of Palm brought up. It's the same thing that I was thinking. But to be as an influence as they have been on the market, we're talking about uh, online gaming. We're talking about uh, as far as the game development. We're talking about these, like, these things are not short-sighted things. Like, where would we be today if Microsoft didn't put, that, uh, put the Ethernet port in the back of the Xbox? 
Where would we be today if land if the land parties weren't didn't become as big of a thing as they did with console gaming? Because I mean, land I mean, land was always a thing on PC. Like, yeah, let's hook up some PCs together, let's play games. That's always been a thing, but it, it was made more convenient when Xbox put that Ethernet cable back. Uh, we put that Ethernet port in the back of that OG Xbox. Coming off the heels of the Dreamcast. Sega coming to Xbox and saying, hey, we, 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 need, to, we need to team up with y'all to see what we, what we can do about this, man. I'm, I don't know. We're kind of kind of digging ourselves a hole here. And then to see Xbox, be well, more so Xbox coming to them and saying, hey, we need some of your guys' hand in creating this console. We know that you guys are, were just in the console space. I know it's not going for you for well for you all now, but we definitely need some help with it. And to see everything come out the way that it has and for Xbox to be considered number two, number three, even to be considered in the top three of the big names and to be even a direct competitor to Sony, is funny to me because Sony literally let a service-based company create a piece of hardware and it's now their number one uh, number one competition. Because Nintendo's not. And I think that's some some of the most unique parts of that power on document as long uh, as as well as you know the 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 Valentine's Day massacre where they had to get in there and really argue for and get yelled at about this idea and be told that they stole the windows kernel and they lied to Bill Gates about what they were trying to accomplish. And for them to say, Oh, well, what about Sony? And then you see that light flick on with Bill and say, you know what? Let, let's do it. Do it. Who cares? Let's go. And then to see where Xbox is today. I'm, from the biggest thing for me is that it came across as for me it was like a journey through time right because i grew up with this the entire time i remember when the og xbox came out i remember what the time was like uh, i remember when the first halo came out and then when you see all this backstory of of how halo one and halo two more so was put together in relation to like kind of what we're seeing with halo infinite how halo two was given a year delay halo infinite was given a year delay like there's so many correlations in there and then now knowing that there's a better system there's a better backing there's support and people who are passionate that's the other thing that i really realized out of this whole thing xbox was built out of passion Xbox was built out of love. Xbox was built off of people who wanted to see the industry grow, who plainly said when they were arguing with the uh, with the Windows CE team, saying, hey, when, when they're saying, oh, we, well, we already made a console, we know how to make consoles and everything else. And they were saying, no, why would we do the same thing everybody else is doing? We need to do something different. We would not have online gaming the way that we have it if it was not for, for Xbox. We would not be having the competition that we're having between Sony if it was not for Xbox. The ecosystem for your, um, for your online experience overall would not exist if it was not for Xbox. One of the more powerful things, too, was Netflix literally started their digital push their streaming push on the 360 a company that was that put blockbuster and hollywood video and companies like that out of business 
because they came out with a better way to deliver you movies and games through this mail option, mailing in option. Microsoft came to them and said, hey, uh, what do you think about streaming? How about you put your service on our, on our, on our service? And to see how big it is to this day. It's just, I was completely dumbfounded by it. Um, when I watched the first episode, I couldn't stop watching until I got to that sixth episode. Um, I do agree that, because I've heard, I have heard a few people say, hey, well, I feel like they would have touched on the back end going from the Xbox One into like the series generation or from the 360 into the one kind of generation. They did touch on it quite a bit, but there's a lot of, there was a lot of things as far as like the fill era was concerned. I know they can't talk about it now. Um, and I, hopefully they do that. Hopefully they put out another documentary as far as that goes. Cause I would like some more information about, or just more details about how Phil, when uh, Phil Spencer coming onto the scene, all the influence that he's had and how many people just love what he's bringing to not only the community, but just to the industry in total. Uh, I think that's also an another amazing thing. So I feel like that's a lot of the points that I kind of wanted to make with that. If you haven't watched the Power On doc, I, I definitely recommend that you watch it. I it's it's to the point where I need to see a Sony. I want to see a Sony doc. Give me Sony. Give me some of that back end work. How was how was those days back? Ain't gonna happen. It's not gonna happen. <laughs> um, but I'm like, you know, give me give me some of that passion for back in the day from my PlayStation One days and the competition that you kind of had where you were throwing into people's faces that you that you were the big kid on the block. Nintendo, give me some of that back end. I, I want to see those types of things. That's the one thing that I can definitely take away from this is that I want to see more docs of this nature covering the gaming industry in the back end because I thought that again we have this one vision and until you're kind of given the behind the curtain look you don't understand. I have a whole new found of respect for devs overall. In fact, like even Joseph Stanton coming in and doing all the work that they did for when they were talking about Halo and how important Halo was to Xbox. If it wasn't for Halo, I don't think Xbox would be here. And li literally, Microsoft had no IP. That's the other thing that was dumbfounding to me when you really think about it. And oh, that was one of the points I wanted to bring up. Microsoft had zero IP. Zero. Like really think about that. That was a, that was like crazy to really. I, when I started thinking about it more and more after I finished the series, especially after like the first three episodes, and they were talking about going to different places, getting games. They had to cut deals with people to get their games on their system, and they had to get these people to believe in what they were doing. That is insanity. Not only are you coming to, to the market with your own personal piece of hardware and you're a service-based company, but you also have no product to back up your hardware. So you had to cut deals. And then for, my, for people to give Microsoft as much flack as they do and say, oh, well, Sony's not as great. I mean, well, Xbox is not as great as Sony because of IP. You're right. But now guess what? We're going into 2022, Microsoft, my Xbox has more IP than they've ever had. Man, that competition is looking real crazy now, ain't it? Nonetheless, Pong, how did you feel about the Power On doc? Um, what were some key points that you ended up taking away from it? And 
would you be interested in seeing more things like this, um, like the Power On Dog from other companies? And do you think things like this kind of influence or kind of change the opinion or kind of give you that back end insight onto into what is really going on within the industry? How you how do you feel about it? I love this stuff. I'm a, I'm a nerd. I'm a geek. Uh, whatever you want to call it, at heart, uh, I've always been interested in the behind the scenes stuff. Obviously. I'm very interested in the business aspects of this industry uh, and the chess matches that are played in front of us and the chess matches that are played out that we don't get to see. Very, very rare uh, do you get to see, especially from this industry, uh, kind of behind the curtain to see what it takes to have Microsoft be this open. And yeah, some people had some some uh, critiques about how they could have dove a little bit uh, more into some of the um, not so pretty parts uh, of things, but I thought they just did overall. Uh, they were extremely open uh, for a company as big as Microsoft to go say, go ahead, uh, make a documentary, uh, not only showing all of our glory, but showing all of our warts as yeah. well. I, I thought this was absolutely just off the charts good uh this was a high production documentary i wanted to keep amazing. going yeah it was amazing i wanted to keep going uh you know the story of xbox as i watched the documentary could be turned in easily into a motion picture yeah uh, with all the characters involved this is not like when we think of microsoft and talked about this in the documentary microsoft yeah because of windows and and i loved how they even kind of showed like a glimpse of how big windows was to the world yeah. People like, people forget that. Yeah, people standing in line outside of oh computer stores to get Windows ninety five. Like, like the like the rush, like it was Black yeah. Friday or like yeah. it was a Halo launch. Right? They were like literally. So so Microsoft had this image of you know the khakis, like they they they, right, they, you know, they the polo that. shirt and the khakis, right? But the characters that were involved. That you know, from like Seamus Blackley, yes. right? Shout out Seamus, yeah, yeah, Seamus. Uh, you know, they have a movie waiting to be made, like of the uh, just comedy drama. All of it was involved in this whole process, and they gave you a real good look at that. And um, love the fact that they started out by giving you. Yeah, I, I, I would have liked to see some more stuff on the current day stuff as right. well, how we got here. You know, they kind of cut it short. You could tell they yeah, they, tell they ran out of time. They said, okay, we got six episodes. This is what you guys got. There was so much history uh, that they kind of had to cut current stuff short. But that's okay because the history and how we got to today and, the, and from today forward can be told at another time. Right. But that history is so interesting. To me, Steele, one of the biggest... Uh, well, I mean, there was a bunch of takeaways. Uh, yeah, again, uh, yeah, I could go on. Yeah, there's but. so much, and I gotta go back, and I'm gonna rewatch it again because I, I need did to binge watch it as well. I was at work, uh, and I was I couldn't stop. I just kept playing the ne next episode. But how they got to, you know, how they got started is so interesting in itself. When you think of Microsoft and you think of this gigantic corporation that has, you know, changed the the computer world forever, right. actually changed the world forever. Let's put it that way. Um, for for their hand that they had in bringing PC uh, to the home uh, and creating Windows software uh, that was accessible and so easy to use for everybody that it really did trans 
transform the world. Not to say that nothing else could have done that or replaced it had history been a little different, but at the end of the day, Microsoft is the innovator that did that. And they used bullying tactics. We know all that. They, you know, got sued by the government. Look, they did a lot of things to make themselves that, but at the end of the day, you still created software that we, most of us all use on a daily basis to this day. Um, But when you think about a corporation that big, you're thinking about, at least in my head, I always picture like, okay, they're going to work together on these projects. They're going to be, you know, this is going to be like a very organized thing that happens within this company, that there's going to be processes in place, that there's going to be chains of command happening that this idea is going to be something that's discussed in a boardroom. No, 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 no. It wasn't all. (laughs) That's not how this worked. It's almost like Microsoft is so big. They have their own little countries within this corporation. They don't talk to each other. They don't communicate. They don't trade with each other. Uh, And basically you could have a team like the direct X team in like a little basement corner room of Microsoft coming up with this idea right in the dark in the secret (laughs) you know and and kind of whiteboarding this whole thing without anybody else knowing for a long time right it feels like almost the way they talk about things like you have people microsoft is so big you have people that are getting paid a lot of money that are working on things that nobody else knows about like they're doing their own thing right (laughs) like they're they're, they're just there hanging out doing their own thing and if they come up with a great idea maybe it'll get a shot at getting up the chain of command but otherwise they're just work going to work every day and thinking up ideas so this direct x team uh led by seamus and and others come up with this idea because they're passionate about gaming and they're seeing what's happening in the gaming space and they come up with this idea to go ahead and get xbox started right and then not only that but then the they have the windows ce team yeah unbeknownst to them also having the same type of idea (laughs) right and then they get it out of sheer luck they go and recruit people within microsoft to help them get the connections they can't even like get their idea in front of somebody until they have the proper people within Microsoft to get them in the right doors. Yes. They talked about that whole scenario of them knocking on doors and, and bothering people nonstop on meetings <laughs> and, 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 and any time that they had an opportunity to talk to somebody, they would talk to them about their idea and they still could not get traction. Right. So they had to go get somebody like Ed freeze to get them traction. Right. And they, they had to go find people to get the right doors open within Microsoft to get this idea uh, to be even heard. Right. And then once the idea is heard, they're competing internally with another team over this. Unbeknownst. They just so mm. happen to take the initiative to have present a presentation, an up and, you know, like a, a like an actual model ready to show off when this other team didn't even think to do that. And that's how they got ahead, right? And that's how they actually won over Gates once yep. they got to got to get in front of him was because they had a working, semi-working model. And to get that working model, right, 
they had to do all this like underground stuff to get that to that point outside of the bounds of what you would normally have happen in a situation like this in a corporation. Right. And then on top of it, then once they get to that point, like you talked about steel, they had to all of a sudden, now that the idea was got traction was getting kind of greenlit in a halfway manner by bill, because he was so worried about Sony taking over the living room. Then they have to work and fight internally with people to get the things that they need to make this a reality, like the Windows kernel. And the Windows team is basically like, F you. Not about to take apart Windows. Because they wanted the actual whole Windows operating system to be in here. And that was Gates. That's how they sold Gates, because they told Gates it was going to be a Windows-based machine, right? Yep. So... Now they have the problem because they all know from a gamer gaming aspect aspect from from a software engineering aspect that you can't have the Windows operating system in here because it'll be slow as hell and that's not going to work for a gaming machine. So then they basically lied to Gates. Then Windows guys want all of this stuff. They said that they had you know micro they wanted somebody to put word called, <laughs> word they wanted word they had somebody call up and say they wanted microsoft word and how could we get this in this machine like and no they were man like, we're not nobody's doing that sit, nobody's sitting on their couch trying to do excel <laughs> and word okay nobody's trying to do that and so to get around that they have to in the middle of the night just prior i think they said a week or two weeks prior to windows 95 launching they had to sneak into the servers into the server room and steal the kernel from the windows team. So they, so they could go ahead and chop it all apart, take it down to its basic core and be able to put it in the machine. They had to steal from their own company internally. This shit is just absolutely amazing to me. Um, so that was really cool to see all right. of that. And then to see all the trials and tribulations that they went through from you know, it not working right yeah. to, to having a presentation and it failing uh, to the backstage, uh, you know, Seamus um, soldering the Xbox. He's, yeah. he's going to get it up and running in time. Um, and then the time frame that they were on steel, they got green lit and they had 11 months until Bro. the oh, CES. God. Was it CES? I believe, uh, I believe it was. Or was it the developers conference? I think it was the developers conference. They had 11 yeah, yeah, months. Yeah, the developers conference, yeah. From the time that they were greenlit to have a working model and some type of demonstration. They had 11 months. Look, that's un heard of in this industry like it's unheard of in a lot of industries but especially the gaming industry so they grew and grew and grew and to see how they grew that entire team and how they talked about it um you know going from a a a room of five ten people to a hundred people to thousands of people you know uh you know they had a bunch of people on there say that it got to the point where they didn't even know who was working underneath them anymore right all that kind of transition this gave you all the behind the scenes um you know and there's so much more in there that you know them eventually outgrowing the office to the point where they had to move to a different campus like 20 miles away 
It was about, I think Redmond. it was five miles. It was five miles. Was away. it five miles? Yeah, it was okay, five, five miles. miles away from Redmond, whatever it was, miles away from Redmond. But that actually helped them because they didn't have they didn't have the people like Gates and everybody over their shoulders that they got to do their own thing. They were living in their own world. That it was yep. kind of like a you know this this wild kind of west place that they didn't have like real leadership. Like they were kind of on their own and and then um, you know they're talking about Gates and coming and visiting them. And he didn't know what they were doing over there. Like, and he showed up and they were, you know, they were showing off, like he was watching people develop stuff or whatever else. But then he got to a room where they had the artists like creating artwork for some of the projects. And he he's, and then they come back for, you know, kind of the heads meeting or whatever right. else. And, and Gates walks in and says, so let me get this straight. We're paying, we have, we're paying artists here. <laughs> like we're paying actual artists because he had no concept of what it was to make a game it's right? not like he was mad about it he was just right. like no but he's just like kind of okay like blown away like this is what we're doing like this is this is how this works um all of that stuff um and then obviously you know to see like you talked about steel the innovation like you can you can sit down you could think about how many innovating things that xbox microsoft did to push this industry forward but until you see it put in front of you like they did in that documentary uh generation by generation how they pushed the games industry forward as a whole they do not get enough credit for it because they've had some missteps because they've tried to do things way ahead of the curve and it hasn't worked out in their favor a lot of that gets lost about how many different things that they've done for us as gamers that have made this possible today. Right. right. And we, we know that we have that now current gen, especially you go game pass X cloud, you know, the servers, all that's general knowledge now, but back then when they were pushing a lot of this tech, like you said, the ethernet port, the hard drive inside the console, yeah, there you go. Thank you know, you. Yeah. all that kind of stuff was so ridiculously like far out there that people were like, are, we really need to do this. Like, is this really what we want? This is going to cost a lot of money. Like, do we need it? No, you didn't need to do that. But at the end of the day, they did it. And now we have what we have because Microsoft was doing this stuff. You know, the live service talking about the, you know, Xbox live and really how many people that was divided within the company. There was people legit going, what are you guys doing? Who's going to pay for internet? And then pay for Xbox Live to play online. Who's going to do that? Who's going to double pay that? I think it was Jay Allard was yeah. totally against it. Like he was like, you guys are nuts. There's no way this is going to work. But yes, yet they put in the they put in the time and effort to make Xbox Live. They put in the marketing for Xbox Live. And with Halo as the leader. They showed what that connected world could be and how it would change us forever as gamers that we can hop online and talk to anybody in the world, right? At any given moment, we don't have to be in the same room with them anymore to enjoy a game together or even on separate games to be able to just talk as friends. That is something special. And then they talked about the multimedia stuff, right? And and the when they decided to take Xbox Live during the 360 generation and start pushing other content. Right. And one of the biggest things was Netflix. Look, 
I we don't know the internal workings of Netflix. We don't know what Netflix for sure was thinking at the time. Right. But the documentary showed off how dominant Netflix was in the physical media market at that point. And I remember, you know, again, we were yeah, all around I, during I, that I time. You go, you go to Netflix, you know, you get Netflix discs, you know, every, uh, you know, every week, right. In your mail, that was just like something that was normal, but Netflix was still so physical. And then here comes Xbox and Microsoft along and says, Hey, we can show you guys how to stream your movies on our system. We can get you up and running on uh, Xbox Live and introduce an app where we can stream your, your movies, right, to, to our console. And they sign a deal with Netflix. Who knows if Netflix would be where they are today without seeing that in work, work right? Seeing that process and seeing that be able to happen through Xbox 360, through the server blades, Right. Who knows if we have the Netflix we do today? That kind of stuff is just, you can't put a value on it because it is ideas that came from this team that had no business being around in the first place. Like you said, Steele, had no business jumping in to this space that they had no credibility, they had no name, they had no content, they had no IP outside of, outside of like Flight Sim. <laughs> they had Flight Sim, they had Microsoft Golf. And they had age computer games. And they had age empires, right? That was their big break. And they showed that in the documentary yeah. too. Age Empires finally got them a little bit of respect. But but they had none of they they had none of what Sony and Nintendo had. They had none of what Sega had, and Sega failed, right? Sega, unfortunately, my favorite company back in the day, failed, right? They they could not they could not last in this console space. But this little company, not this little company, but we'll say this little part of a major company comes along. And like they said, that they were the disruptors. That's how they thought of themselves. And they were disruptors. Exactly what it was. And they came in and they kept doing things different from the status quo. And some of it worked. Some of it didn't work. But all of it at the end of the day got us to this point. And I think the documentary really did a fantastic job of pushing that home. Yes, Nintendo has had their contributions to this industry, no doubt about it. Sony has had their contributions to this industry. Again, don't forget the fallout between Sony and Nintendo when Nintendo decided they didn't want a CD-based system. They decided to go away after they cut the deal with Sony and then backed out of that deal with Sony is what pushed Sony to enter this market, right? They were like, F you, fine. We're gonna, we did all this R&D. We've got a console ready to go basically right here, CD-based system. Let's roll. We're going to do this. But again, Microsoft had no business being here. They did not do hardware. And somehow they found a way to do hardware when they are a service-based company, right? They somehow figured that out. And that was a whole deal unto itself. Like they went to try to find partners. They didn't want partners. Wouldn't and want and any the partners were like, what do you want? Wait, you want us to build this but you guys are gonna, no I have no content <laughs> no Why? no we're not gonna do this we're not gonna do this and so they wound up having to do everything on oh, their own oh, but the ingenuity the the drive from everybody like you said steel i have an extremely newfound respect for so many of those people that are still at microsoft and xbox right uh, a lot of them have left. A lot of them have gone on to do other things. Right. But the Ed Freezes of the world, you know, I got a newfound respect for Bonnie Ross 
getting to see her in this part of that initial team. Yeah. She's OG baby. And I knew that again, you know, this stuff, but hearing their stories and about what they put in the blood, sweat and tears literally into this to get it up and running, to get it to where it is. You, you can't help, but come out of that with a new respect for these people. They were talked about the lies, like they lost, you know, they lost relationships, yeah. friendships, because they were, you know, I'm going to say this as an old guy, um, because we are on different, we're, you know, different generations have different feelings about things. But when we talk, when, when they come out and talk about crunch, you yeah. know, I'm one That's of the people that fall, I, I'm existed. one of the people that falls on the side. Look, I've been doing crunch yeah. my almost entire work career at some point. I've, I've been required to do overtime for jobs. And I understand it, it isn't great. And it is detrimental to your health to go over the top. But this documentary, these people talking about sleeping in the office for weeks at a time and getting this stuff done shows you the power of what happens when you are forced into that situation, right? There's, there's a creative force that comes about and things get done because people know they have to get done. And sometimes crunch is necessary. And again, I know that's not popular nowadays to say, and it's an awful thing. And oh God, we're destroying lives or whatever else. But there's something when a group of people have the passion, they weren't different. They weren't forced per se. It was a collective decision to, they believed in this so much. They wanted to get it done. They wanted, they knew they had to get it done. This was not just a job right? This was something they all believed in. And they came together as a collective and did whatever it took, which it even meant. And again, we can talk about whether that's healthy, but it created this thing that we now have called Xbox. And it created this thing we now have called Xbox Live. And it led to this point in history. Without that, we might not have it at all. And this is a totally different landscape. So I just think that that stuff is so powerful to hear those personal stories, to see Greenberg and how emotional you could even see in the documentary when he was thinking about the Xbox one days, right. And how hard it was to go through that when they got to that point. And, you know, Don Matrick, you know, we make fun uh, of Donnie shout, D. Shout out to him. Shout out to him that he actually did this, right. That he went on camera. Like, this, like, I think this is like the first time he sat down and talked about it. You know, again, the guy made mistakes. There's no doubt about it. He was the quarterback. He had a the vision. quarterback takes the fall. But he believed in what he was doing. I'll give yeah. him that much. He, he believed it was still the right to this thing. Day. Still, still to this day. And for him to get on camera and talk about it, got to give him props, man. Got to give him respect. Um, he knows he's not a, he's not a well liked person in this community by any stretch of the imagination, but he went in this documentary and he told his side of things. And I will say this, he believed in what they were doing. The unfortunate part is, is that you could see, and we all kind of know this who were following at that time, they lost the original vision, right? They lost touch with what they were doing, which was the games part of things. Had they, had they marketed it differently, that Xbox one generation could have been different. They, they, their ideas now in 2021, as we look back, weren't so far-fetched, right? They weren't so crazy. They weren't so ridiculous what they were talking about. It was how they did it. Having that, having that press conference days before E3 and, and telling gamers to show up and then talking about TV, 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 
yep. worst decision probably in Ever. history as far as Ever. video games, Ooh. right? It's like one of the worst things you could have done was how you presented it first. And then to have E3 and try to make up for it after everybody was already just like, what are you guys doing? We're not going to hear anything you have to say. I was one of those. I was one of those people. I, I, I was done after I watched the whole conference. But again, just to see the personal experiences that, that they put in this documentary and the emotions, the blood, sweat, and tears that were behind this just really gave a new light for me personally to the whole thing. Like I said, I knew a lot of it. I knew a lot of the history, but there's a lot of things I didn't know. Um, you know, them touching on the red ring of death and going through that process, finally talking about the warehouses, uh, the warehouse full uh, you know, hundreds of thousands of failed consoles. That could have been their demise. Could have been their demise, stopping, making the fateful decision to stop production until they figured out what was wrong. All that kind of stuff. Huge to, to dive into that and actually talk about it. And I thought it was extremely interesting to see that, um, you know, all the stuff about Balmer that we hear through the years, you know, this and Steele and you were talking to this behind the scenes. Balmer, at the end of the day, for, for as crazy and wild man as he is, and for as much heat as he has taken for some of his decisions. Out of his support, though. Some of, some of his support behind the scenes for Xbox were legendary. Okay, legendary. There's not too many CEO, not too many people in that position that would go ahead and make those kind of decisions. When the Xbox Red Ring of Death is happening, and and uh, I believe it was Ed ed who went to him and yeah, said, said this is what it's going to cost these are our numbers and he's expecting balmer to blow up and balmer just says do it do what you got to do make it right make it right billion dollars billion and a half dollars make it right that's crazy because they could have folded shop right there and then they had they said oh this in. is this isn't working y'all, y'all working. We, this, we are here but they did it again that kind of stuff is invaluable. We got to see a little bit of Phil's rise. We got to yeah, see a little, little bit. bit of everything that we know about Phil's, uh, you know, how he turned this ship around, bailed it out, first yeah. of all, because it was a sinking ship uh, during Xbox One generation, bailing it out and getting it turned around on the right path. We got to see a little bit of that. Uh, I definitely would like to see more of that and some of the behind the scenes on some of those decisions and how he. Yeah, um, I do too. 100%. Got to that point, how he talked Satya or what those kind of deal, you know, again, we'll never know fully the story, but I'd like to hear more about that from him personally and his perspective on things. And I think we might get that down the road in the future, but um, overall this power on thing, I don't care who you are. Again, I'm out. not, I'm not the diehard Xbox guy, right? People may think that because, you know, this generation I'm all in on Xbox. It was my first choice. I'll get PlayStation later but I'm not the hardcore Xbox guy. Right. But I think no matter who you are, you, if you love this industry, this power on documentary is huge, man. It's one of the best pieces uh, of history that's been put out there about the video game industry. There's been some good ones, but this one right here to peek behind the curtain and see how one of the major players got onto the scene. Again, that's not going to happen from Nintendo. That's not going to happen from Sony. You might get some fluff pieces, but you're yeah. not going to get a real documentary like this, right? So credit to Xbox, credit to Microsoft for allowing this to happen. Um, glad we have it um, now to watch and to be able to appreciate how they got here. Uh, just a superb, superb work. Uh, I loved every minute of it. So, Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm right there with you, man. Uh, it just, again, it just demonstrated a lot of things to me that, 
just didn't know behind the scenes. I mean, again, like, you know, but you don't know. Yeah. Right. And for me to think that they was they were so in touch with each other and they weren't, it's, it's just a dumbfounding thing to come to realize and to see where the industry is heading once again with, look who's on the front of the of the charge. Yeah. To lead the people into victory. Now Phil has Satya. Same way Freeze had Bomber. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And Satya is on board also. Satya, I'm, I'm pretty sure Satya came in off the back end of the 360 Xbox One generation. On the on the Xbox One generation was like, I don't know about this whole console thing, man. This whole gaming thing y'all got going on. Right, Microsoft is good, but yep. I don't know. Y'all keep doing y'all thing, whatever. And then for Phil to come in and be like, nah, Satya, I need you to take this a little bit more serious. And this is my vision. This is what we're trying to do. And Satya to be like, let's do that, Phil. Like, yeah, you're right. Let's do it. You see the vision change. Microsoft stepping back into what they're good at. It's not hardware. It's service. Forever will be. Software and service. You're in their wheelhouse now. It's crazy. It's it's just, it's just crazy to think about. Y'all check it out, man. Um, definitely, yeah. it can't it can't go understated enough. With that though, I feel like we have to go after that just huge topic and just like, diving into the past, talking about the docu- documentary and whatnot. I feel like now we kind of get got to get into our year end roundup. Okay. I feel like this is the more important piece of the show. And uh, crazy Louis Santa Louis, if you're in the house, you can definitely make that announcement if you would like to. At this moment, uh, I'm going to we went we went ahead and rolled, and I passed it off to Crazy Louis in the oh, background. Ho ho! Santa <laughs> Louis is in the house, and he's about to drop a gift for somebody, one of our lucky listeners today. Somebody special. Go ahead, Louis. Make it happen, brother. You drop it. I, I already rolled it, um, and I already gave it back off to Louie, so he's, he's going to be announcing that winner here shortly. Uh, whenever you do that, man, let us know so we can get in contact with that person. And um, when that person is announced, hey, get in contact with us, because I don't believe, I wasn't able to find you on Twitter. Um, Pong, if you do have his Twitter, let me know um, so we can go ahead and get that out of the way. But we do already know who the winner is. We've already rolled it and everything. We ended up doing that in the background um, during the show and everything. So y'all stay tuned. Um, but as soon as he do that, we'll get into that. But I feel like at this point, this is going to be a great time for us to get into our year-end roundup. Where basically what we're going to do is go over some games that hit for us. Again, I have... I'll be right back. You're good. Uh, again, I have a list of 30 three plus games that I either have touched on this year or have played um, to, to the succession. Or maybe I hadn't touched on and I had my, my wife played. So definitely want to give that, give that perspective. Uh, so in this portion, what me and Paul will pretty much do, we're probably going to go back and forth or try to at least and list out some good games or some games that we would recommend for people to try if you hadn't tried or let's talk about the year overall what what is what has brought us what we've kind of walked into and then talk about a little bit about what we're excited for into the future going into 2022 which we were told from the beginning that was going to be a dead year and come to find out towards the end of 2021 2022 is going to be also bigger than ever 
So, with that said, it looks like, give me a moment here. I got some uh, got some messages coming out in the background just concerning our winners and whatnot. So, give me a moment here. Yes, Doom Reaper, 33-plus games that I myself can recommend for people to play. And I was uh, looking at some looking at some questions, getting in contact with Santa Louie here in the background. Assyrian Karius was going on. Uh, he put 07. Uh, I don't know what that means, but all right. Shout out to you, man. Good to see you I, here. I, I feel like we should have you play some flute music like Mike Minotti. Like Minotti. Nah, nah. <laughs> I, was, I was actually about to go through my list. So I was getting like, I'll tell you with Louie, Santa Louie in the background. Um, uh. So I will announce the winner here now before I jump into that list. And the win- the winner of the $100 gift card for Xbox. Hey, by the way, shout out to Porsche Power Ains. Hey, Ains. What's going on, brother? Country gentleman's in here, too, lurking Country all the time Country well. gentleman. What's going on, my guy? Hey, but shout out to y'all. Much love to having y'all here. But the winner of the $100 Xbox gift code is... Hey, and it's, and it's a wonderful guy. Shout out to Nick's. Nick's. Congratulations, brother. Shout out, shout out to you, Nick. Congratulations for winning, man. Um, definitely hit us up in the chat. Let me know if you have Twitter so we can hit you up on there. I believe you do, but I can't recall what your name is on Twitter. Let us know so we can make sure to get that gift code to you. Um, we'll also have Louie get with you if he can. If not, Louie, let me know, and I can get it to him on the back end. So congratulations to you, Nick. Shout out to Santa Louie. For coming Sound through. Out. Hold on. Let me let me let me write this real quick. Uh winner of the write that one hundred dollar gift card. And yo, shout out to you, Nick. Uh, you're here on a week to week basis. The fact that we rolled it and it landed on you, man, um, is an amazing thing, an outstanding thing. Uh, hopefully, that can fund some of your Christmas uh, purchases and whatnot, or maybe just or get a gift for yourself. Special. Hey, hey, maybe get for, for yourself. Exactly. Get some games. Get exactly. Some games. Hey, add to that back. Add to that backlog, and uh, go from there, man. But congratulations to you. Glad that you were able that you could win that. And again, shout out to Santa Louie himself for uh, giving it out to us because he didn't have to do that, man. Uh, no, we're, we're, we're on that road to a thousand, uh, where hopefully at some point we could monetize. Uh, <laughs> 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 that's definitely going to be a point. That's definitely going to be something to, to be excited for to where we, you guys can start, you know, if you love what we're seeing, what you're seeing here, if you want to add some, some extra content to it and just give more opinions, uh, you, you can start seeing your name and colors some, at some point here soon, hopefully sooner than later. Uh, <laughs> He said that's 10 copies of Qbert. Qbert, <laughs> oh man. My God, wow. Doom Reaper, really? Uh, Doom taking it way back. Qbert was the deal, though, back in the day. I'm not going to lie. I oh. popped a lot of quarters in the arcade. Oh, and one more time for Crazy Louie Gaming. He says in the chat, there is one more this Wednesday on the Crazy Louie Gaming YouTube channel. Subscribe and follow Crazy Louie on Twitter um, and Absolutely. on YouTube. Definitely do that. He's an he's Absolutely. an excellent and magnificent gentleman. He's a crazy. Yeah, he's got a new show one. starting up too. So please go do check out Louie, man. Just an awesome member of the community. Jumped in here and has exploded on the scene, as Boom likes to say. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Boomstick. But uh, yeah, no, Crazy Louie is just an awesome dude. Um, 
just go check him out. He's as real as it gets. So go check him out and follow and subscribe. That Porsche says, so Q Bert Slater <laughs> on my clock. <laughs> All right. No way. Q Bert right. is the deal, man. Step up for Cubert. I'm out. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> hey, all right. Well, um, again, I know some people say, oh, 33 games. Yes. Um, I'm going to go through about 33 games that I would personally recommend that I have either, again, played or touched on this year or I have watched my wife play um, this year. And I believe there's only a, a couple in here that that has falls into. But the list goes as follows. And Pong, um, you can kind of follow, fall in line here or you can yeah. put bring up some titles that you think are going to be important but i'm going to just kind of run through them so here we go starting off with halo infinite you got kana bridge of spirits scarlet nexus it was an excellent game for me battlefield 2042 tales of arise guardians of the galaxy forza horizon 5 now ladies and gentlemen i want to stop right here real quick the biggest thing of this and I, that i do want you guys to know this isn't all the games that dropped this year this is just my <laughs> list. This is just my list Look, that let, I have gone through. Let, let me provide some perspective for people. Please, here still, please. Since you just brought up that. Uh, depending on where you look right now, uh, Wikipedia has over 500 games oh, released God. this year. Oh, okay? God. Um, and if you go to Open Critic, they have over 600 titles that have been rated this year. Okay. Uh, now, of course, that's going to be some DLC drops and, right, and right, that right. kind of stuff in there as well. But at the end of the day, just to put this in perspective, you go back to like 2010, it was like somewhere in the neighborhood of three, 300, I think. Uh, if I remember when I looked it up, 300 games for a year. That's why this is the golden age of gaming right now. Yeah. And again, this is only going to continue to grow. Uh, it is crazy to go back. Just go back. Wikipedia actually has lists of games for all the years. Go back to the nineties. Um, you're talking about like, if you're lucky a hundred, a little over a hundred, a hundred games, maybe, um, we're talking about five to 600 titles this year alone. And this is supposed to be a down year. (laughs) Funny, funny. This is, this is crazy time to be alive. Go ahead. Continue steal. Yeah, to continue, um, Mass Effect Legendary Edition, Outriders, Death's Door, Destiny 2, Near Replicant, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Biomutant, Fantasy Star Online 2, the update, Dungeons and Dragons, Dark Alliance, The Ascent, Hades, Origami 2, MechWarrior 5, Hot Wheels Unleashed, The Riftbreaker, Chorus, Everspace 2, Final Fantasy VII, Second Extinction, Black Desert Online, Marvel's Avengers, Dirt 5, Guilty Gear Strive, Diablo 2, and also threw Dead Space in there because I did touch on that for the first time this year. And we also got some announcements this year on that for uh, the remake. Ladies and gentlemen, that's 33 games just this year. And most of those games you could go in and play on, on Game Pass right now that is such an amazing thing to think about because kind of like pong was saying giving you that back end uh giving you a perspective this is why we say this is the golden age of gaming you have more accessibility there's more to play you don't have to be so entranced i don't get it why 
everybody feels like, oh, if it's not first party AAA bangers, I'm not playing it. That's a personal problem. And I can't do nothing about that for you. If you need some reason, if you don't like these little indie titles, sorry guys, that's you. Death's Door I thought was an amazing game. It's still one of my top five in my game of the year kind of conversation. And to have that kind of conversation, I do want to bring up that. Uh, while passing it back off to you, Pong, Pong, what would you say your top three, I'm going to say five, but top three games of the year would be that you would recommend to anybody? You're on mute. You're on mute, Pong. You're on mute. I'm on mute. Professional <laughs> podcaster. I can't believe you're doing this to me. This is off the cuff. You're asking me for my top three games. Yes. Off the cuff. First, they come to your head. Bro, I can't even. Re- Look, I'm a grazer. Do you know how many games I've touched hey, this year? Uh, you, touched a, you touched quite a few. But if somebody walked up to you and said, Pong, I need three games to play right now. What would be the three games that you'd be like, you know what? I would recommend these to you. Good God, man. That's... And, and, and it could change. It could be go. It could be completely different tomorrow. You really put me in a spot, brother. And again, I've only been grazing on the Xbox side of things, so this always sounds bad. But uh, okay, um, yo, uh, let's see. Okay, little smoke, little smoke. While you think about that, I'll, I'll throw you. I'm gonna throw you some smoke. The reason why it's only on the X- Xbox side of things because what have you been playing on the other side of the spectrum? Sure, there's, there's there's games there. I, 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 let's go through that list. I mean, let's let's shout out to Shoney. I, I, let's go let's go through the list. So you've had games like uh, Destruction All Stars, Returnal, Ration and Clank, Demon Souls. Uh, what else? You had Sackboy. You had Astro. You had what else? What else you got in there? Demon Souls. What what else you got in there? Oh, that's my point. Sorry, sorry, ladies and gentlemen. There is just, there has been, again, a lot of these games are also on both sides of the fence. So you could play them on either console. There's been a lot of these games that are cross-platform. So uh, that you could play on either one. So depending on where you're playing at, my biggest point is there are games to play. Maybe there's not your specific kind of games that you're looking for, but there is plenty to play. Uh, I'm sorry that I don't have all the time in the world to play everything, but. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, look, this is too easy because, well, it's not too easy because there's a huge list. You know, again, Hitman 3. Okay. Off the year. Nobody should miss Hitman 3. Okay. Nice. Uh, if it's not your style, I totally get that. I'm not saying you have to play Hitman. I'm just saying that if you have any interest in Hitman, Hitman 3 is simply amazing. Okay. Uh, Scarlet Nexus is my favorite RPG of the year. Okay. Um, but then you've got obviously Forza Horizon five, although right now after that last update, they do have some fixing to do. It isn't perfect right now, but, but it's still just a fantastic game to jump into. And then of course, Halo infinite. It's just those, you know, it's been such a crazy year because there's so many good games. There isn't the dominating games, right? 
there isn't the dominating games. Like I could touch on like Death's Door, right? From what I played, absolutely love it. Chorus, I've been preaching about Chorus for the past two weeks. I think this is a game that any space shooter fan needs to play. It is that great. I could jump in here and say Battlefield 2042 isn't as bad as what everybody's saying, and I'm having a great time every time I jump into Battlefield 2042. Oh, it's, it's good all of a sudden now for a lot of people. <laughs> my, my, right, right, but I'm just, <laughs> you know, there's there's so many games this year. That's why it's so difficult because there isn't like the heavy. I mean, there is. You got Halo right. Infinite. You got Forza, right? So you got your heavy hitters, right? Returnal. Um, you got Ratchet and Clank. You right. Got, you, know, you got some games. Hades, Hades dropping. Hades is a last year game, but dropping into game Xbox game this mm-hmm. year. I finally got to play Hades. There's smaller games like Curse of the Dead Gods, which yep. if you love Hades, everybody should go check out the Curse of the Dead Gods. Fantastic roguelike. Okay, you, you should go play it for sure. Um, there's all these games out here. If you're classic JRPG style game, if you want that classic, go play Chris Tales, right? Chris Tales is amazing. Um, you know, there's been so many of these titles that have come out this year that it's really hard for me to narrow down. Um, I know you gave your 30. I was just going to go month by month and take a look. But like, no, 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 we don't have to do that. Like I said, there's too many out there. The Forgotten City. Um, if you guys, again, want a narrative driven game based on the creation engine, this was supposed to be a mod, uh, for Skyrim, which they actually turned into a full game, right. uh, with Bethesda's blessing, uh, forgotten city is a fantastic title. Go try it out. Um, you know, man, I'm trying to think what else I, I've touched so many games this year. It's not even funny, man. Um, I still I'm say surprising that. Yeah, no, I, I I still say uh, Back for Blood is a great game. I, I know it didn't come out the way a lot of people expected it to as far as uh, being that real Left for Dead follow-up. It is a spiritual successor. Some people think it does not have the spirit of Left for Dead. I still think it's a great game to sit down and play co-op with friends. Uh, it is a fantastic experience. Turtle Rock knows what they're doing. Uh, 10 cent just bottom, unfortunately, but turtle rock, um, is very good. They know their, they know their style. They are veterans. Again, they did what they know best and black back for blood is still a great game. It's just got kind of lost because so many other games come out in the, in, in the meantime, and it didn't hit the same because you can only capture magic in a bottle so many times, right? Left for dead was a moment, right? right? So, so, but they tried and I think it's a really good effort. Um, Look, if you're looking for that, if you're looking for that Forza Horizon experience, but in in esports, go play Riders Republic. It's a great freaking game, man. I I was like not interested until I played the demo. Right. Uh, but Riders Republic is a great experience for people that are looking for that. Um, really, there's something for everybody this year, yeah. which is, I mean, there always is. But yeah. Psychonauts two. Can't miss Psychonauts 2. Flight Simulator, off the charts, right? Uh, just so so much goodness this year. I think overall, just looking back on this year, Steel, again, this was supposed to be a down year. A lot of people downplayed it at the beginning, saying that the pandemic uh, was going to delay a lot of games, which it did, right? The did. pandemic mm-hmm. did delay a lot of games. We also got a lot of games. <laughs> well, we got a lot of games. A lot of those oh, 2020 God. games that were delayed got pushed to this year. It just filled all the holes up, right? Um, we got a lot of surprises that came out of nowhere, especially from the indie scene. Uh, Riftbreaker, 
uh, you know, oh, another great God, example. What a great game. I got to get back to that. What a great game. It's sitting there. It's downloaded. It's ready to rock and roll. Uh, I got to get back to it. But we had so many unexpected titles that showed up this year as well uh, that kind of blew people's minds. Again, there was not that big core group of games that everybody was universal. I mean, yes, now we have Halo yeah, and it's universally loved, right? Forza got its moment in the sun and was definitely uh, one of those universal. But overall this year, we didn't have that experience. Sony did have some really good games. Nintendo had uh, Metroid Dread drop, right? right. Everybody kind of showed up this year, but it was just a great year for gaming. Um, just not one of those explosive, like, oh my God. Like I said, end of the year, yeah, you, can, you could say Halo. Halo did it, right? Halo definitely came back. The king showed up. Yeah. Everybody's remembering why it's king. And it's getting the attention it deserves, right? It's, it's, it's blowing up. But overall, we had the death loop, right? Which I haven't had a chance to experience yet, but I can't wait next year when it drops on game pass or if i get a playstation 5 first death loop fantastic game from a, uh, just an awesome studio in arcane that a lot of people forgot about in the zenimax deal right so i just think this this year 2021 looking back was really just a superb year for gaming in general um and i'm looking forward to 2022 and 2023 because those are even more loaded and we are going to have some big big titles from everybody dropping right. we got breath of the wild 2 coming at Possibly. some point from yeah. nintendo uh at some point i'm saying 2022 2023 we know we're gonna yeah. get breath of the wild 2 somewhere in there we're gonna have god of war we're gonna have your horizon forbidden west we're gonna have starfield we're gonna have brand new ips like redfall and starfield dropping in right we're gonna have those big heavy names coming out with some big games and so this year is just something to sit back and appreciate uh, for the not only quantity, but the quality that we did get. This plenty year. of quality I think games. That's a big thing. Yeah. Yeah. Just plenty of quality. Man. That's the main thing. Don't let anybody tell you that there wasn't any quality games. Don't let nobody say, sit here and really be intellectually dishonest and say, oh, there was no good games that came out this year. Well, right. I'm sorry that they didn't meet your satisfaction. I'm sorry that you have this, oh, the games need to be a certain way. It, it is what it is. Uh, just to kind of go through my like top three so far, I'm definitely going to put it Halo Infinite's number one. Yep. Mass Effect Legendary Edition is number two. But that's fair play. Yeah. And then Scarlet Nexus is number three for me. Okay. Um, some, and then I definitely got to put Death's Door at four. And then look through my list. Number five. Ooh. And, and I have to throw this one in there because it was it was originally up there um, in my top three, and it still kind of is. My top these these five that I'm giving you, again, they could be interchanged with each other. I tried to keep it a three, but I got to throw Guardians of the Galaxy in there too. I was just gonna say we didn't even. I, yeah, I, Guardians I, of the Galaxy. I have to throw Guardians in there also. Just those five games in themselves offer so much variety. Yeah, in this. In an era where we have too much to play, where you can't play everything. No, like I'm oh, Far like, Cry Six. A lot Far of people Cry love Six Far Cry Six. Came out. Right. I gotta play that still. I mean, there's just 
Oh, Jago, I'm la- I'm la- I, Jago, I got to laugh at you. I love how people say they whittled down their backlog this year on Twitter. Tell me how that backlog, backlog looking next year. Again, right, I right. stopped calling it a backlog at this point, Jago. It's a library, okay? Yeah. It's, a, it's just a it's library, a library of games, games that I have that I'm going to check out yep. from time to time. <laughs> that, that's that's where we're at uh, at this point. Because, and it's not going to slow down. There, there no. is, is It's full goal from here on out. This is it. Um but yeah, brother, you're 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 spot on. I knew you were going to bring up Guardians. I was gonna I was gonna bring it up if you didn't because I was like, God, Guardians has got to be in there somewhere. Right? Oh yeah, no, yeah, Guardians is definitely is definitely in there for me. And just again, I'm just like Pong said, there were 600 games announced this year, released this year, and I only gave you 33. Along, and then Pong gave you more, which the list ended up being about 40, over 45, almost 50 different titles. And I'm forgetting a ton. I mean, yeah, I, I, we both are. We both are. <laughs> there, and there's still these are just ones that we're picking out from the year that were influences on us. Yeah. That is crazy to think about, because most of the time, when we tell you, I can tell you two games that I played last year: Black Desert Online and Destiny. <laughs> oh, the two games, and yep. it, it, that can happen again. There's always going to be a multiplayer game that takes precedent over everything else. But to me, what makes this so great is because of services like Game Pass, because of services like Ubisoft Plus, because because of services like EA Pro, Play Pro, and things like that, I have been yep. able to invest in more games than I have ever would have previously. Yep. Day one. Yep. If I had interest in it, bought it. Scarlet Nexus. It wasn't in Game Pass originally. It wasn't on any services originally. Me and Paul about that day one. Boop. I beat that. I beat that game. Excellent game. And most of these games are games that we have of that I can definitely say that I have either beaten or have put a lot of time into. That's the other important part. And I know Paul likes to say, oh, you know, Paul says, oh, I'm a grazer and everything. But don't get, don't let Paul fool you. Paul's put put a good amount of time in a lot of these games also to give you that experience, to give you that perspective, to let you know that, hey, you still have choice. Like sometimes I just get on my console or I get on my PC and I'm just like, man, what do I want to play? Of course, I'm always going to settle in. Oh, I want to play some, I want to play a PvP game. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> or of course, I'm going to settle in on or whatever other game. You know what I mean? But. I have to sit down and really ask myself that. Now I'm like, I'm sitting here between because I have we got some time. We don't have really have anything releasing. Okay, well let me let me download um let me do- download Horizon. Let me let me get that complete edition. Let me let me get that let me give that a run. Yeah. I was interested in it before. Our people say up and down things about it. I want to try it out myself. Fantastic. Like look, like look right like I have there's time to do that. Going going through your catalog, taking out the decisions. Like Pong says all the time, play what you love and love what you play because that's the only thing that matters. Wake up and realize that we are in the age of accessibility. Wake up and realize that you need to pull yourself out of the world and experience a little bit of everything. And if you can't, or if you're like me and like to indulge yourself within these worlds and really dedicate yourself to these worlds and everything, sink hundreds of hours into them sometimes, then do that and enjoy it. 
You nobody needs to feel pressured like you need to beat the game tomorrow. Like I keep seeing people. Uh, Halo Infinite is the best example. I keep seeing the game has only been out for three weeks, and I keep seeing well, not even if that two weeks, not even two, weeks. not not it, not even. And I keep seeing not people say, "Oh, there's only been five percent of people who beat the game." What are we fucking talking about here? All that garbage has got to stop, man. Like, are you like, are y'all serious? Now you're All trying to gatekeep how long how long it should take somebody to play a game? Dog, mind your damn business. Go kiss your wife. Go kiss your kids. Go do some work outside. Go work on a car. Go do something. Get some help. There you go. Thank you, Pong. Tell, tell the people. <laughs> get some help. God damn. I don't get it. Don't. There's other conversations that we could be having. There are so much more important than this console, than the console worship that we have going on. And if anything, I feel like this year in gaming, like I do this thing in gaming, but this year in gaming has been one of the most impactful years that we've had in the last decade. Impactful, start to finish. And this is coming off the heels, first year of the console generation, new console generation. Look, people want to create all these rules, Steele. I think I have this feeling that there's this group of people, and again, they're a small portion. So again, in reality, this is this is a this is a us problem in this community kind of type deal. There's all these people trying to create rules for what it means to be a gamer. And you got to fit into certain, you got to fit in to uh, certain shapes or you know things like i don't Who know you just gotta you, how corny you, do you, you have, have to be yeah you have you have to have certain credentials to be a gamer like look what no 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 what no, are we no. doing we're not, gonna, we're not gonna do this we're not gonna do this everybody needs to enjoy how they enjoy again i enjoy games a certain way i enjoy the experience i enjoy you know grazing on a lot of different worlds and a lot of different <laughs> <laughs> different games themselves i just like that right All i right. don't have to complete a game to feel like i played a game again i'm not going to come on this show or any other show and say act like i finished a game when i didn't and and try to give you a overall score and try to re- deep dive a review no 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 you're going to get your you're going to get my opinions you're going to get my overall impressions of a game i could talk about the controls i could talk about the graphics i could talk about how you know the story up to a certain point is i could do all of that but i'm never going to be that guy that tries to fake it right that's not me i'm going to always say i grazed this or i'm going to tell you yeah i actually finished this game right that's how i am but that's just how i enjoy it i understand right. people like steel who who like to really you know go at a game start to finish. Let's rock out. Let's do this. I want this whole experience. That's cool too. Right. right. I just don't see why we have to have all these rules and laws about how you're going don't. to, to, to be a gamer. You know, all this stuff we just talked about steel about game, you know, about 2021 and review and, and looking back at all those games, you know what we didn't even talk about. We didn't even talk about all the old games that got updated. Exactly. We didn't even talk about That's all the new my, content. We didn't talk about we didn't talk about the division two being point. updated to 60 frames per second, and that I spent probably an extra two hundred hours. We spent another, two. yeah, exactly. We spent <laughs> so <laughs> much time in the division two right. when they released that update. Right, right. So and, much and, time. And replaying that again. Skyrim anniversary just came out. I'm at about 150 more hours into Skyrim again. If you looked at my 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 Xbox history when they did the whole Xbox history thing, Skyrim was the number three most played game for me, right? That was the number three most played game outside of Call of Duty. 
And now I've put another 150 hours back into that game again with Skyrim anniversary, even though that's an old game, right? We didn't even talk about that. All these updates that have come out that have improved our experiences with these games that we may have already either touched on or that we missed, right? I missed control. I didn't pick up control when it first came out, right? I waited not knowing, but once they dropped the ultimate edition and they updated it and it's got 60 frames and it's gorgeous. I picked up control this year, right? I've got about 25 hours into control, which would be considered an old game because it didn't come out this year. Right. That kind of stuff as well. That's why I hate all these rules and laws that we're trying to, that's parts of this community are trying to implement on people and saying, Oh, I, excuse me, by the way, um, saying oh you only have this certain percentage of of games played and you've only completed uh x amount of games that's not for what are we everybody. doing here? yeah you know what that's how you enjoy games and, and you you know again don't let anybody judge you for how you enjoy games right that that's not what this is about it's a personal experience at the end of the day outside of multiplayer outside of this community where we talk right. about our, our that's our where it passion, matters yeah that's what it matters but at the end of the day it's you and the game man and how you enjoy that game that's on you i don't care i don't care at all i don't care if you're an achievement hunter and that's all you do is hunt for achievement i don't care the cool on you if it makes you happy and it makes you feel like you accomplished something you got your value out of that game that's what's important that's all that matters man that's all that matters this nonsense has got to stop again it's just tiring steel it's just tiring um, but overall this year was so fantastic, uh, as a gamer, uh, it really was, um, we got so many good things. We got so many games that just came along, like I said, and surprised us, uh, out of the blue, uh, and, and being a part of this community and being able to talk to everybody and see everybody's excitement again. Yeah. That's what I love. And that's what we should be focused on. I love seeing people happy. I don't care. I love seeing Sony fans happy that they've got something new coming out. I love seeing Nintendo fans that have waited for, for, for Metroid dread for 25 years to finally show up on their doorstep. I didn't care about the argument about whether or not it was worth $60 because it's just because it's Metroid and 2d and it's who cares. I was happy for that Nintendo community that had been waiting on this game and it showed up and it was great. A lot of them thought it should be game of the year. Hey, nothing wrong with that. Awesome for you guys. I'm so happy that you guys got something like that. Man, that's what it's about. Seeing the Halo community rise up once more. See everybody giving 343 the praise that they deserve because they nailed this landing and seeing that the majority of the Halo community, which can be fractured at times, Uh, coming together and saying this is a (laughs) fantastic Halo game, right? criticisms you know warranted in some areas but at the end of the day overall between campaign and multiplayer this being a awesome halo experience one of the best halo experiences some of this community has ever had just to see that again that's what this that's what this is about that's what 2021 was about it was a celebration despite the chip shortages and that's still a problem right despite, despite people not being able to get you know the console of their choice right now it being very difficult Despite all of that, to have this kind of year where we saw the industry grow leaps and bounds, Xbox explode with Game Pass even more, and X Cloud giving that accessibility that we always talk about, Steel, to yeah. people. 
that's the great stuff, man. And that's going to lead to an even better future. So I just love it overall. I want to celebrate 2021 because it was a wonderful year. Yeah, it's it's been it's been amazing. Again, I'm I'm super excited about what the future has in store for us, um, yeah. especially on all consoles, on all platforms. It's <laughs> there's a reason why we say these things, right? Um, there's a reason why we say Golden Age Gaming. The reason why this says this the age of accessibility because it's exactly what it is. You have those options. If this isn't doesn't it doesn't need to be. It doesn't have to be, and it should not be. Oh, um what console versus this console no what what games did you enjoy because outside of that the only way we can really have like legitimately have an argument or really have whatever the case is if you're going to argue with me about multiplayer games but i've always been that way i'm not i'm not the one to sit here and talk to talk all the smack and whatever else like, come come see me and come see me 1v1 now how about that that's what I, that's the era that I came up with. That's how we pulled each other's cards. Hey, you talk all that smack. Uh, let me play me one v one then. Speaking of which, shout out to Zemi Games and Crispy Bomb who are going to one v one supposedly in Gears of War. That was really? a Twitter thing. Yeah, it was a Twitter thing. Oh yeah. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. That, <laughs> oh, Zemi was that. pulling up stats. Zemi was pulling out stats. So shout out to those two. Like Steel was just talking about. That's how you do it. That's how you do it. Exactly. That's that's <laughs> that is how you do it. That's gonna be actually interesting. I want to watch yeah. that. Um because yeah. I've uh I've, stream it. I, I've I gave, wanna uh, see it. I gave I gave a shout out to Crispy. I've I've given Crispy as uh I've made him crispy. Uh oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh-oh. Uh-oh. Uh, he, he'll tell you about it. He'll tell you about it. Uh, but that's the thing. That's the that's the way you do it though, man. You that's how you get respect. That's how you gain respect, is actually proving it in game, right? Not this, oh, my plastic box. No. Can you beat me 1v1? No? What are we really talking about? Nothing. Because if we're not talking about skill, then we're just talking about games. That's what, what this whole industry is about. That's why we do podcasting, so we can talk about the industry overall. And now, if you want to be a clown, you want to be into the console war shit, hey, man, do what you like. We've just got a circus for you. Trust me. Just know, if you're a cornball, <laughs> you're a cornball. It we're going to call you out on it. Yeah, we, we definitely uh, will. We definitely, it is what it is because you, you don't have to do it that way. And again, I just... <laughs> oh, shit, Rain said 1v1 me, bro. Yeah. yeah. That's the era that I come from, man. We, we, we have to prove... We prove the worth to each other. You know how many friendships I've gained off of 1v1ing people? Oh, and the next thing you know, one of my, one of my greatest friends in life to this day, we became friends. I'll give you guys a little bit of a story. Being someone who I consider a brother to me now, we never knew each other before. We went to the same high school, everything. Never knew of each other. We he overheard me one day talking about uh, talking about Gears of War. Next thing you know. He starts talking about it. It's like, yeah, man, I play multiplayer. I'm good at it. I smack people around. And I'm like, no, you don't. You don't smack nobody. You don't play Gears for real. Because that's a, that's a common theme that I've always run into is that people say they play multiplayer games. You play with them or play against them. And you can obviously tell they don't play multiplayer games for real, which is which is okay. I, so I've never understood why people front about that. Again, you want to you find out something people lie about all the time. That's one. Um, you know what we did? 
We, we stopped the smack talk. We stopped all the extra stuff. That same night, that same day, we got each other's gamer tags. And that same night, we 1v1'd each other in Gears of War for hours. And then guess what? We ended up playing. We ended up playing together because right. me and him were basically on the same level. Right. And from there, we created a bond that's probably undeniable to this day. We're like best. We're like the best of friends. We would have never met each other if it wasn't for Gears of War. Right. That competitive nature, us wanting to be good and you know doing game battles, getting getting plant, being on the stage of MLG at some points, and really being able to compete. We did that through just trying to prove who was better. That's such an amazing thing. Dragon Wolf says, "Steal possum rain." Oh. <laughs> y'all, y'all kill me, man. It's like I can't, I can't win for losing. It's like I, I tell, I, it's funny because I tell people all the time. It's like I, I'm just playing the game, man. I like, I'm not, especially these days. I can't be a tryhard like I, like I used to be. I'm not so obsessed with my KD. I'm not so obsessed with just like whatever. But honestly, I've never been that way. I've always been team focused or what? How are we, how are we going to win this game? I just happen to be I just happen to be good at it. So it's like when I tell y'all, hey man, I'm just playing the game. <laughs> People are like, oh, you're trying hard. Like, hey man, you believe what you want. <laughs> believe what you want. I'm I'm just here, I'm just here to have a good time because this is what the fun that I get out of it. I, I, I put these limits on myself and all these expectations that I have to be at a certain level. That's why I play games on a harder difficulty. I don't, don't have don't let to. steel fool you, everybody. He's putting deodorant on yeah, everywhere. everywhere. His hands under. He's got Every, extra deodorant on. Everywhere. He's going in. Right, well, <laughs> right here, all, all the way down my forearm. So when I sweat, yeah. it rolls into my hands. So it dries them off as they perspirate. <laughs> that's hilarious. That's hilarious. But that's what it's about, man. I, we we want y'all to be able to look back, especially as we get into Christmas next uh, next weekend, which, by the way, Living Split Screen will not have an episode next Saturday since it will be Christmas. Um, Sorry, everybody. I know it's shocking. <laughs> ladies, we are going to take the weekend. We got to take a break. <laughs> Fam <laughs> is more important. Um, just enjoy gaming. Enjoy the the future that we're moving into because I believe... And I'm pretty sure Pong believes also that we're moving into a space that nobody, not one of us could have ever predicted. And I think it's only going to grow the industry exponentially in a, in a way that I, we will hopefully get a documentary for hmm. and look back on and say, wow, look where we came from. That's why, that's why we do upcoming games. That's why we do this day in gaming. Because when you go back 30 years, gaming was completely different than what it is now. And nobody anticipated to be where, it at, where it's at today. Nobody anticipated that back then. No, you can go back and read the articles. They got clips of people talking about the video game industry, like wow. from uh, Parker Brothers and stuff, from uh, board co- you know, board, traditional game companies, right? right? Some of their... Some of their higher ups, they were asked, like some of them, like, well, are you guys going to get into the video game market? Uh, and there's actual articles stating where they were like, this is a fad. Yep. It's, it, it's, it's, it's just a fad. It's yep. going to blow over. Uh, it's going to go away. But board games and, and traditional games will always be there. 
<laughs> yeah. Guess, guess where that's could, at now? Could they be any more wrong? Could they be yeah. any more wrong? Guess and now we see resurgence board gaming, which yeah. is over the past which is uh, cool. five, ten years as well, too. Which is really cool, which is really dope. Because, I mean, we do need that. I mean, oh, yeah. there's nothing wrong with that, with that human interaction. But I feel like you get it enough in your day-to-day life. Come on, guys. Let's stop bringing it into your online life and making you seem like you're tougher than what you are. It's... No, it's completely unnecessary. You're not Bernie Mac. You're not Cedric the Entertainer. You're not, um, who else? You're not Dave Chappelle. You're not funny. Clowning about consoles, it's not funny. Sure, we can have our ups and downs about which console is, has better games. But at the end of the day, there's, it's not funny. And I don't get why y'all think it's funny. But that's just me. Um, With that being said... <laughs> C4 Skills says Paul must have partied hard last night. <laughs> Why? No, I'm just tired. <laughs> he said he's just tired. <laughs> All right. Why did, I, why did I party hard last night? Why? Because I was rubbing my eyes. Yeah, yeah no, my allergies are off the charts too. Because it's uh, once we come into the dry season, the uh, the winter up right. here. Because I'm in the north. For anybody who doesn't know, anybody new to the chat, I'm up north. So we got snow. Uh, we're in the freezing cold. So when that transfer, when that changeover happens. Right. My allergies go through the roof, and then my eyes get super dry. Like I, it's like awful. That sounds, so that sounds about right. Drops in. Yeah. Um. Now we were going to talk about the whole NFT situation. Um. I don't know if that's really worth to me personally, really diving too far into. Um. I do want to give uh, people a little bit of a kind of the thing with NFTs. One of the reasons why I wanted to kind of bring this up, um, is because I do believe that NFTs in gaming shouldn't necessarily be a thing um keanu reeves did uh did, had an excellent interview when he was talking about uh, the movie and everything with him recently uh where he kind of laughed at it nfts are essentially like what people are considering like autograph collectibles uh, essentially that's the best way to look at it and I know people saying, oh, it's all for big business. No, there's a lot of smaller people who are actually doing the same thing. And I believe that as long as it doesn't affect gaming in a way to where you get some kind of benefit from the game, like becoming a game god or whatever the case might be, as long as it doesn't head into that direction, if it's just for design or custom characters or whatever, like let people sell their art, man. Like if that's one way to do it, I'm not so biased to that. But again, I don't want it to run into one scenario where it does turn into that. We already have enough whales and other games without having something like this. There's people, again, Black Desert Online is one of the number one games that I could probably spit out to you that has that best example. Some people consider it pay to win because you can literally spend thousands of dollars on the game and get the best gear. But guess what? The caveat is you can't just spend $100 and get get good gear in the game. You have to spend $5,000 to get the top gear in the game. Who the hell is spending $5,000 just to, me and you aren't. The typical consumer isn't. People in the chat, y'all aren't spending $5,000 on Halo just to get cosmetics or to get the best BR in the game. You're not doing any of that. But if it's only cosmetic, again, I don't see an issue with that. Now, is there better ways that it can be done? That you can give people ownership for their designs and things like that? Yes. Are they going to get paid for that, though, is my question. And I do see this as a, not going to say it's a good way, but a avenue 
to open up for other creative artists to kind of sell their work online. Again, the best way to look at it is an NFT is basically like a signed autograph. You have the original copy. There's people that can have other copies and pay for those copies. But there's only one original, original signed autograph. And that's kind of how it, and that's essentially how it works. So, um, and just kind of give people a definition of what NFTs are, because some people, some people that might not know. A lot of people. A lot of people don't know. A lot of people. Is a non-fungible token. That's all it stands for. Um, I'm pulling this from BBC.com. Basically, I'll give you this brief breakdown. I don't want to talk about this for too long, but I do want to get your opinion on it, Tupong, because I know you kind of feel yeah. some, some way similar to what yeah. I do. Um, so it goes as follows. Where Bitcoin has held as the digital answer to currency, NFTs are now being touted as the digital answer to collectibles. So that's exactly why I said it's like signed autographs. But plenty of skeptics fear that the bubble wait, there's a bubble waiting to burst. What is an NFT? It's a non-fungible token. In economics, a fungible asset is something with units that can be readily interchanged like money. With money, you can swap a $10 euro for, a, for two $5 notes, and it will have the same value. However, if something is non-fungible, this is impossible. It means it has a unique property, so it can't be interchanged with something else. <laughs> Jago says he's out already. <laughs> Again, the, the crazy thing about this, it's not for everybody and it's not meant to be for everybody. And that's okay. But to kind of give you the rest of the breakdown, I'm going to pass it off to you, Pong. Uh, yeah. And I'm also going to touch on a few things of how a tradition, how it kind of works before I pass it off. But NFTs are a one-of-a-kind asset in the digital world that can be bought and sold like any other piece of property, but which have no tangible form of their own. The digital tokens can be thought of as certificates of ownership for virtual or physical assets. Again, the only difference is that you're not going to go buy that painting and take it at home. You have that painting digitally. That's all that it is. And you have ownership over it. Again, there's still going to be that one painting that's, that's real, but you're paying for rights, for like digital rights, for an example. How does it work? Traditional works of art, such as paintings and valuable, invaluable precisely, are valuable, excuse me, precisely because they are one of a kind. But digital files can be easily and endlessly duplicated. When With NFTs, artwork can be tokenized to create a digital certificate of ownership that can be bought and sold. I feel like this is the most important part because as of right now, it is difficult for digital artists to sell their work without it being plagiarized and sold as something else or other people getting credit for it. Again, I am not saying that this is the end all to be all and this is the best answer, but I do feel like this is a step in that direction. Do I feel like it needs to be in gaming? Not if it's just cosmetic, I don't care. But I know, and this is people's fear, that if the big companies start getting more involved with this, then it can become a snowball effect and become something much worse, mm -hmm. i.e. giving people the digital authority to be a god of a game. Or because they were talking about NPCs and everything. I understand that aspect of it. So I know why people don't want it in their game. I, I get it. Pong. Yeah. How do you feel about this whole thing? 
I don't want it. I, I didn't I don't want it for to be a, this it's this rounded out thing, but Oh, you yeah, you know where I'm coming from. So yeah. How do you feel about the whole NFT situation? Uh, cause okay. Stalker Stalker 2 pushed back. They 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 said they were gonna do it for cosmetic purposes. You could be an NPC in the game, you could play as one of the NPCs in the game or whatever the case might be. People there was a bunch of people that came out and said, Oh, well, I'm not gonna invest in Stalker 2 now. Which Okay. Well, you're not doing research, but that's okay. <laughs> um <laughs> but and then so Stalker 2 kind of kind of pulled that back and said, all right, well, we hear you guys. We're not going to do it. Yeah, GSC. Yeah. Right, so how do you feel about this whole thing? Um, do you feel like it's important? Do you understand it? Uh, what can you tell the people, man? Okay. I know you said you didn't want this to be a big topic. I mean, it can. No, no, I know. I know. I know. I know. Um, here's the deal. Where do I want to start? First of all, personally, personally, I think NFTs are ridiculous in concept. Okay. That's me personally. Right. However, I am also old enough to know that I have thought of other things as being utterly ridiculous in the past that have turned out to be the next big thing. Okay. So I've seen that happen. Um, NFTs are annoying to people and they've become the popular thing to hate because first of all, the concept is hard to wrap your brain around. When somebody talks about, I have the original, I have the NFT or I have the original meme and I own that meme, even though a million other people can post that meme daily on Twitter, it's hard to wrap your brain around that that has any value. Okay. I get that. And I'm in the same boat. Like, I think it's ridiculous. Right. It's being pushed hard right now because NFTs are a part of cryptocurrency. Right. Okay. And blockchain. Right. Blockchain has the potential to change the world. It yes. has the potential to do a lot of bad things. It also, also has good. the potential to do a lot of great things. Right. Okay. Blockchain could eventually give us all the privacy that we've all that we all strive for in life with our personal information. Right. Uh, it could give us the privacy. It could also be abused by the government in a lot of different ways. Yeah. Cryptocurrency is the same thing. Cryptocurrency could be the future. If something happens in the world the internet and there's a collapse hmm. well let's say there's a collapse in there's a, if there's a collapse in regular currency paper currency throughout the world cryptocurrency oh, yeah, is going to be the only thing that allows you to get by okay let's just put it that way it'd be it, it would separate people into two classes much like we already have in in everyday society but cryptocurrency would be the thing that's hanging around. So you're seeing this push with NFTs because it's backed by cryptocurrency bros and, and, and girls. Right. And it's also backed by blockchain. And, and those two things are huge right now in the tech world. So NFTs are getting pushed. NFTs have become a cult-like thing right. as well, which I think is what annoys people because we have people pushing NFTs every day online. Even though yeah. I don't follow NFT people, I, don't I have NFT stuff popping up in my, in, in my feed every single day, right? So it has become the cool thing to hate. And like Steele just talked about, whether or not it needs to be in gaming is a discussion we can have. At the end of the day, it's kind of, to me, this is the same thing as when everybody was up in arms about horse armor and Oblivion and Bethesda. Okay. When Bethesda first charged for horse armor in Oblivion, 
and everybody found out that it was actually on the disc already yeah. that you purchased. It's a lot of that right? content. This, mm-hmm. Again, this is this is pre social media we have now, right? And this is also pre when you bought a game on a disc, you had the full game on the disc, mm-hmm. right? Or so everybody thought. They did block right? it off. Yep. So this is this is pre licenses, right? And DRM and all that kind of stuff. So people got up in arms because they said, why? I already bought the disc. Why don't I own that horse armor? It's on there. Why don't I have access to it? And it became this huge deal. Well, guess what? Now in gaming, DLC, cosmetic, uh, new game modes, expansions, or that's, that's what we have. That's just a part of a natural everyday occurrence in our world now, right? In this industry. So like I said, I think a lot is up or similar to that because a lot of people who are jumping on this bandwagon of NFT hate are just doing it because the mob's doing it because it's yep. growing to that, to that level. Right. You, I think that 90% of the people that talk bad about NFTs could not give you the definition of an NFT could not tell you that it stands for non-fungible token. And that's no shade on anybody. Again, this stuff is it, it's complex when you dive into it. And it's very hard to wrap your head around because yeah, it's new. It's complicated. Right? It's, yeah. it, it's new. So I think a lot of the hate out there is just manufactured by the mob. And I think that it becomes cool to hate on things. We've seen it so many times repeatedly that I think that's part of it. Now, as far as specifically what happened over this past week, Ubisoft opened up Pandora's box by coming out and saying they were going to do it. Yep. When it comes to like companies like Ubisoft, EA. I don't trust it. Yeah, We as a community have every right to have distrust on how they're going to use this. Okay. And like I said, this could be used for bad. Okay. This could turn out bad. I want you, I want to give you this example. Steve Steele did a great job explaining it, by the way, Steele, shout out to you, brother. You did a great job explaining it. Um, and the, and the, and the autographed card or autographed memorabilia was a great way to put it. Let me tell you of an example of how, how this could go bad. Let's say EA, EA decides to introduce NFTs into their ultimate team. Yep. We already know that ultimate team Mm-mm-mm. is a money-making borderline. It, it, okay. I don't have as big a problem with it as because I was a card collector back in the day. So I'm used to ripping open packs and chasing the big cards, right? right. That, that's what you're doing in ultimate team, except you just don't have anything physical, right? You don't own anything. And the next year it's all gone. And you basically threw all that money down the tubes, right? So you got to use the best players that you could build by spending extra money and you got to go beat up worse. people online, right? <laughs> but right. But the next year, it's all gone. You start off from scratch again. What happens if EA opens up NFTs to Ultimate Team? And all of a sudden, they offer, pick your sport. Let's say football. Let's say football. Let's say they offer a one-off NFT Patrick Mahomes card that is ridiculously overpowered. Mm-hmm. And somebody gets that NFT, whether it's through bidding through an auction house that, that EA themselves open up for real money, or whether it's an actual NFT that you can get lucky enough to earn in a pack. You are the only person now that gets that Patrick Mahomes. Whereas before an ultimate team, everybody had access to all the cards. You just got lucky and didn't have to spend a lot of money or you spent a lot of money to get certain cards, right? It was always up to chance, supposedly. Again, we oh, all know there's a logarithm behind all yeah. this stuff. But anyways, at the end of the day, it's still up to chance. Everybody had 
had the potential. If I got a 98 Patrick Mahomes, you also could get that same Patrick Mahomes 98, right? Through ultimate team packs. Let's say they make a one of a kind NFT Patrick Mahomes. That's a hundred. And everybody else only can get the 98 Patrick Mahomes, but you're lucky enough to own that NFT. That is your card. You could be the only person in the world that has that card. So therefore now you've created disparity between what's fair, right? Because now you're affecting gameplay, right? That's a problem. And then in turn, on top of that, that card for anybody who does it is hardcore. There's that word that we love hardcore in the ultimate team or is a competitive player in ultimate team. That card now has extreme value. And because it's an NFT and I have the token, I own that card. I can now go auction that off for real money as well. Now I get into Now I have a bidding war amongst these ultimate team players who want that card for real cash that could get up into the thousands of dollars, maybe even more, even more at the end yeah, of the day, depending on how much somebody puts value on them. That's the problem. And that's what we could wind up with when you're talking about this. And that's the dark side. The problem this week that I have is that Ubisoft opened this can of worms. They only said they were going to be doing cosmetic stuff, right? It was going to, they were going to uh, put it into Ghost Recon and try it out. And it was going to be for purely cosmetic things. Right. If somebody thinks that a cosmetic is worth $10,000 to them to have that one piece of armor or that one gun skin, right. so be it. That's been around forever. CSGO has been doing this forever. CSGO mm-hmm. uh, skins are ridiculous. Knives, people paying $10,000 for a certain knife in CSGO, right? Yep. This has been going on for decades. I'm okay with that. I don't have a problem with it because to me, if it's cosmetic, good on you. If you want to drop that kind of cash, you got that kind of expendable money. You just want to drop it, go for it. I don't care. But when, when they were, when the stalker devs, stalker two devs said they were going to do it, the amount, it wasn't just criticism. Okay. There was some real big bullying going on. There was really some nasty stuff being thrown around at that team. That That is an independent developer. That is a small team. They had to shutter their doors years ago. They are reopening and bringing us a great game in Stalker 2. If they want to earn some money by throwing out some NFTs and some people want to invest in them as an option, that's not going to change the game. They were talking about digitizing people's faces and putting, putting them in as an NPC that wasn't going to be a part of the story. Okay. That's what they were talking about doing. If they want to go do that as an indie developer and make some extra cash on the side to help them in the development of their games, more power to them. Go for it. I don't have an issue with that whatsoever, but the vitriol that we saw online towards them that actually made them back down out of this, I think is where it crossed the line for me. Because again, we're not talking about Ubisoft. We're not talking about an EA. We're not talking about these big companies with unlimited pools of money. We're talking about a small indie developer trying to make it. An indie developer that had to shutter their doors at one time and close down. Half their team is making Metro Exodus now, the original team. And now half the other original team has reopened the studio and gotten back on track and making their game that they originally created, which is a stalker game. I don't see the problem. And I don't get how people can't step back and say, wait, let's take a breath here. Let's first of all, learn what NFTs are. Yeah. Let's, let's get an understanding (laughs) of what this means. 
let's look at what is bad about what could be bad, potentially used bad as an, uh, with NFTs. And let's see what really is not going to make a difference or could be good about NFTs, right? Take a step back and take a look at it. But, but the vitriol that was pointed at these, these poor devs that made them finally back down, I think is wrong. I know people personally that have made money off NFTs. Okay. I know people that personally that have made the money. Yeah. Again, I don't have a problem with that. If you have artwork that somebody else finds valuable that you make digital and that that person finds value in that token, so be it. No matter how ridiculous I think it is, again, at the end of the day, value is based upon what you believe it, yep. believe something is worth. So somebody out there wants to buy a piece of art and pay $10,000 for it that's digital, that they don't have a physical copy of, that other people can take a screenshot of and post and say that they own it, even though they really don't and you have the proof you do. But at the end of the day, it's the internet. So who the hell cares? Nobody's going to ask. Right. Then that's on you. That's fine. I don't have an issue with that whatsoever. Right. I just think that everybody needs to calm down. I understand why. Again, it's being pushed. It's a cult right now. I saw spaces. I saw an NFT spaces. Again, I'm not even yes, following an NFT people, but somebody... I, somebody in one of my followers or one of the people I'm following was in a spaces. So I got the alert. There was literally like 500 people with NFT art as their, as, as their avatars in this space. So it's a big deal and they're spreading the word. And I understand it gets annoying, but we all got to take a step back and say, look, where does it cross the line when it comes to game? And for me, it will always be gameplay advantage, right? It will always be that line, no matter what, whether it's DLC, straight original OG DLC, or whether it's an NFT. If it affects the gameplay, if it gives you an advantage that nobody else can get, then I have a problem with it. But if it's purely cosmetic, just like DLC, I don't care. I honestly don't. If people want to spend $20 on Halo armor, I don't care. If 343 thinks it's worth $20 to charge for Halo armor, so be it. That's business. I Again, the market will be set. People will either buy it or they won't, yep. right? And it'll adjust. That's how I always am. Like, I don't care if I'm an ashy Spartan. Shout out to Iron Lords. Shout out to Cog. Nice. I don't care if I'm an ashy Spartan at the end of the day. Somebody does, okay, and they want to spend their money, okay, it's an option. As long as it's optional, I don't care. Don't participate if it's not something you want to participate in. So I, I guess that's where I'm at, Steele. I, I, just, I just saw this indie developer really get a lot of heat, a lot of negativity that they didn't deserve. They're giving us one of the first Unreal Engine 5 games. They've obviously poured their heart and soul into this. We've seen it. Uh, they're making something great for us that's coming out early next year. And I didn't see any problem with them trying to want to make a little bit of money on the side with some of their artwork or giving people the opportunity to digitize their face into this game world. Oh, they don't have to and, do that either. <laughs> right. Right. That's what I'm saying. It's just an option. I, I just don't see the problem with it. I, again, that's just me. I, I can hear the criticism because it can be used for bad. I just pointed that out. It can definitely have negative effect, but we thought that the, we thought that horse armor at one time in oblivion was bad and it did nothing, be, but be cosmetic for your horse. But we literally thought that charging $3 for, or $5, whatever it was, I think it was $3 uh, for horse armor in oblivion was the most awful thing ever. Now look at us. Now, now look at us. <laughs> like, 
like it hasn't changed the games. It hasn't done anything that's hurt us. We drew the line when it came to advantages in games and they hurt us. You don't see a whole lot of DLC coming out nowadays that gives somebody an advantage. In fact, most of the devs come out when they talk DLC and immediately like it's cosmetic only cosmetic only. That's all it is. Just to let you guys know up front because they know that's the line because we made that clear. And I think we can make that clear with NFTs as well, but not let it spill over into something cosmetic that doesn't really affect you at the end of the day and give some people, hardworking people, the opportunity to make some money. Again, NFTs, it's a bigger deal than we think it is. We're just talking about it in the gaming world, but just like the art world, NFTs can be used to launder money. Yeah, there's a lot of yeah. there's a lot of backing from the criminal elements when it mm-hmm. comes to cryptocurrency because they can do transactions anonymously that can't be tracked, can't yep. be traced, right? So there's a lot of the the dark side of things as well that's been around for a very long time. But we're just talking about games. Let's just take a step back, take a deep breath, and realize that you know things move forward, new things come about, technology changes. You know, is it really worth it? To, to bully an indie developer out of not doing something like this when they weren't going to impact the gameplay at all. I just don't know. To me, it's not. So that's where I'm at, Steve. Yeah, uh, and again, I'm right there with you. I know we talked about it a little bit in the background and we, we essentially felt the same way about it. Yeah. Like, it's another one of those things. <laughs> I know somebody just said it in the chat. Uh, Jay Okubu said, I just spent $10 on Halo armor. To me, I don't see the difference because what's going to happen after that halo, you're not going to have that armor anymore. Right. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's the same thing for Black Desert. I've spent a good amount of money in that game on cosmetics. And guess what? I'm, there's another game. I'm not going to be able to carry that armor over. It's going to be lost. It's just, it's just, one, of the, it's just one of those things. Uh, 4GQTV says, uh, Paul, so NFTs will be massively will be yep. massively used in the metaverse and yeah. every corp like Google, Amazon, MS is preparing for it. Sure. Yeah, yeah 100%. And we heard Phil come out and say that he doesn't like them either, right? We, we heard Phil come out and say that it wasn't, he, he didn't like them and didn't think it was people talk about this, in gaming. People keep talking yeah. about this whole metaverse thing. I, look, yeah. if y'all, if you're into that, cool. Yeah. I don't well, think it's farther enough along to entice me. If you're enticed about it, cool. Virtual reality to me is something completely different than what we have right now. And it's not anywhere close. I don't want to try it. I'm not interested. It, the concept of it is cool. And I understand yeah. why people like it, but it's not a far enough along for me to I'm, enjoy it. I said, not until I can get strapped down, Steel. Not until I get strapped down and have I'm, full I'm, body immersion. I'm, I'm right there with I, you. I'm no, right I'm, there. I'm, that, that's, you know, that's when I'll get interested. I'm right there with you. <laughs> Best thing I can compare it to is like is like anime, like Sword Art Online, right? Where you're exactly. except I don't I don't want to have be given the the ultimatum where I if I die in the game I die in life. I don't know. I don't, I don't want that. I want to be able to pull myself out. But you know what I'm saying? Like eventually we're we're getting to that point. We're getting to the right. future, man. Like again, let's yeah. pull yourself out of the world. Do some research, find out what these things actually are, and don't just be outraged about shit. Just be outraged. Yeah, don't like, join the mob just to like, join the that mob. That doesn't make any sense. We have enough people of, of sheep mentality. 
Right. And we're always going to have that. There has to be right. somebody. There has to be sheep. Again, I know people like to downplay the common worker. If you if you didn't have the common worker, you wouldn't be able to go to McDonald's. You wouldn't be able to go to Walmart. You wouldn't be able right. to go to your favorite store and purchase any of the things that you like to purchase if those people weren't there. It drives me up the wall when people make them seem like they're better than their, their, the person next to them just because you're in a better financial standing. If this person wasn't here, you wouldn't be getting the product. There's a purpose when, for everything. When they're first, I want to be strapped down where they where they put me in IVs and keep me alive while I'm in the virtual world. That's see, what I'm saying. See, Paul's going I to want that strength. full. Uh, yeah, no, I want that full <laughs> experience, right? I don't want to be in my living room with a headset on holding two things. I want to just go transported right into the digital world. See, play, see, Paul, Paul's realize. going to an extreme. Like, I, <laughs> like I, that's a little bit too extreme. Like, maybe towards the end of my life, <laughs> sure, I'll, I'll see about that. But like. I just want to, I want to be able to come in and out whenever I want. I just want to be fully immersed though. And I, and we're not at that point yet. Yeah. And, and, and clowns, you're absolutely right. Again, that's what we were just talking about. Activision will be the one that abuses the heck out of oh, yeah. Call of Duty. But you can see that happening. And that's what we were saying. You can see the potential, right? The danger signs are out there, right? The warning, the red flags are up. They're flashing. They're, they're saying warning, 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 because if they try to go that route, though, what I feel like is we as a community and gamers in general will step up and be extremely loud. But I think that, you know, we've we, they've heard us, right? They understand that we don't like already with regular DLC, we don't like the competitive advantage given with paid content. And so they already know that the, that line's there. But if they do cross it, we can certainly get loud about it and, and tell them how much we hate it. But I just think right now it's a little, it, 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 it's too early. It's too early to be screaming and shouting, especially at small time indie developers over cosmetics. They can't do this. Right, right. Over cosmetics that they can't do this. Yeah. And I just saw 4GQ TV uh, clowns put up NFTs will be predatory on games like Roblox, Fortnite. So I think there will be a U uh, European Union legislation on it eventually. And that'll happen too. And I, I do feel you. And it can be. Again, it's, it's definitely predatory if it has an effect on the overall game. But if it's just cosmetic, we have to get out of this mentality that you paying for cosmetics is predatory. It's right. not. It's an option. Just because somebody has a cooler skin than you doesn't right. mean anything. If they make a Fortnite 2, guess what? None of your skins are going to come over. Like you I said, then football, <laughs> baseball cards, hockey cards, this collectibles the best are all best predatory. Reference. Anything that takes all that, you know, all that shit, anything is. that's luck based. Right. So then that means my whole entire childhood, when I was big into sports card collecting, I was being, I, I was, it was G.I. Joe's <laughs> power <laughs> going hunting all down. Right. Right. But you know, that, to me, that's where I'm just like, it doesn't bother me. Like it's still a choice. And I'm such a big believer in personal responsibility. Exactly. I, I understand there's people out there who have addiction, right. I, I actually am an addictive personality, right? I've had my addictions in my life. So I get that fact, but it's still personal responsibility. For me, it's still the personal choice. Companies are always going to find ways to try to get you to do something with FOMO yep. uh, or whatever FOMO the case. is the number one killer. They're, they're, right. They're always going to try to abuse that, right? But at the end of the day, I'm such a big believer in personal responsibility. I still put it Ooh. on me. Me too. No matter what the company's trying to do, I still have the right to walk away, say, no, not going to do it, blah, blah, blah. I don't care who you are. I don't place that blame on big corpse. I, right. I just don't. And I understand why people do. But at the end of the day, I'm just. It's a I'm, business. I, it's on me. It's, I'm, it's a business. I'm on me. 
It's a business. At the end of the day, choose not to invest. And guess what? The model changes. Oh, wow. What a concept. Like, come on, guys. Like, what are we talking about? That's that's all that I'm saying. Like, this has been a thing. People are going to make their money the way that they want to make their money. Like, you buy, you buy, you go to the doctor to get drugs all the time. Not knowing or not wanting to do the research that there is plenty of natural substitutes that you Merry can Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to you too, Santa Louis. Hey. Thanks for dropping in, brother. He's getting out of here. So oh. later, brother. Hey, shout Appreciate out to you, you. Much shout love and you. respect, brother. Shout out to you. But yeah, overall, again, I'm right there with you, Paul. Personal responsibility is a big thing. Um, nobody's forcing me to spend my money. Um, Fortnite's just because they released an Iron Man skin, and I'm an Iron Man fan, didn't get me to just go spend twenty dollars on Fortnite. No, right. I'm 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 good. I don't play the game. I'm not going to invest in it. It's that simple. Personal responsibility. It's because your kids say, "Oh, daddy, can I buy this skin?" You don't have to buy it. You can tell them no. You can do some chores if you want. Oh, whatever. Is there's uh, like I, like Paul said, personal responsibility. Yep. Um. Last but not least, the next thing that we can definitely get into and to kind of run out the show. Uh, I don't have too much on it personally. Um, I am a fan of it. I will say mm-hmm. that. But we can definitely touch on the remake to Splinter Cell. That yes. people have been crying yes. for for a long time at this point. The fact that it's gone as long as it has, as again, like as a classic IP with nothing behind it, no other remakes done. They could have been done a remake. They could have remade the first trilogy, the, the first three games, and been perfectly fine. Um, but the fact that this game that came out in 2002 that was an impactful part of the Xbox ecosystem, because remember, I believe it wasn't exclusive, mm-hmm. is now making its formidable return. I um, mean, this is something that people have been clamoring about for a long time. People have been guessing, oh, it's going to happen this year. Oh, it's going to happen next year. Um, now, I will say, before I dive into some of this, Jeff Grubb made some good points uh, also yesterday to where... Splinter Cell is, is one of those things, well, at least in this circumstance, that I feel like because of the different things that are going on in the, in, um, in the industry as far as equality and rights and sexual abuse and all these other things that are coming up um, within companies like Ubisoft, Activision, and some others. Bungie. Bungie. Again, we've heard some, we got some more information from them. So it's like uh, there's, there's some cultural some real cultural for lack of a better term bullshit going on mm-hmm. and ubisoft has that going on and are very avidly working on it and luckily for them activision was able to get the attention off of them but i feel like this was a ploy for them to get people to shut up and have something else to talk about mm. i do feel that way Mm. And I do have to agree with that because that's the way that it comes across. Why is it now that you want to talk about this? Okay, we can say, because I heard you and you and Matt talk about it PM yeah. to PM. Y'all broke it down. And, you know, they got, seemed like they got some good creative leads behind it. They want to take it serious. Uh, they want to hold true to what Splinter Cell is. 
but it just reads to me as if this is one of your main IPs. You know from the way that people talk about this, when you go in the forums, when you go in the chats, when you everything, people, mm-hmm. when you bring up Splinter Cell, people are like, yeah, we, we need it back. Yeah, people go up in arms. Why now, all, all, all of a sudden, when you have so much smoke going on within your house that now, oh, yeah, Splinter Cell. Hey, we're going to remake it. Hey, I can tell you. I can it's going to be great. I can tell you. But um, <laughs> and I, and I definitely want to pass it on. And I definitely want to pass it off to you. <laughs> no, no, no. You could, you could you no, do oh, your thing, brother. Can, <laughs> no, I, I definitely want to pass it off to you. It's just that's the way that it, that's the way that it does come across to me. Although it could be timing, although it could also be now we're in a we got a good we got good console hardware where they can actually develop some things. They can really optimize this and bring a creative vision that maybe the original wasn't able to accomplish at the time. And mind you, it still did wonderful thing for 2002, if you really think about it. Like, it really did. So, for the OG kind of stealth game, I, I call it, it's kind of it's kind of Hitman, but with more stealth aspects to it, right? Uh, where it's not about blending in with the crowd, it's more about blending in with the environment and using the environment to your language, getting those headshots off, killing people without being seen. Kind of that same kind of concept. But just to dive into it a little bit, uh, Ubisoft Toronto is developing a, uh, developing a remake of Tom Clancy's Splinter Cell, the stealth shooter that kicked off a series by the same name and introduced players to the character of Sam Fisher. Ubisoft announced the remake on Wednesday with a developer interview and a lengthy U2 retrospective covering the original 2002 game. Um, Splinter Cell will be remade in the Ubisoft Snowdrop engine, which we can both say Division 2 does it very well. I want any game that can take advantage of the Snowdrop engine to take advantage of it. The way that the game looks in Division... the best engines out there. Go play the the Division 2. Go play the upgraded version of Division 2 to give you some kind of aspect of what that's going to feel like. And imagine somebody who's going to... Because this game is in early development. This game's not going to come out for another four years. Three years, probably, at least. Um, if they're remaking it. Get you get you an idea. Which the company introduced in 2016 with Tom, Tom Clancy's The Division. In the interview, technical producer... Peter Hondrinos acknowledged that enough time to miss an entire console generation has passed since the last Splinter Cell game. 2013's Splinter Cell Blacklist, which I actually thought was a good game. I think Conviction was a better game, but neither here or there. Um, Despite the pleadings of the series' dedicated fans. Uh, he goes on to say, we're going to take the time to explore what this means for us, the light and shadow for animation tech, for gameplay, AI. What if they put the, ne- what if they had the opportunity to put the nemesis system in Splinter Cell? <laughs> that would They'd be have to nasty. license it from WB. They though. would. But ooh, what if, what if, <laughs> but what if, what if Microsoft gets it? But anyway, no, either way. No, we nah, don't need it there. Nah, we, don't no, need we, it. we don't need it there. I'm just being petty. Yeah, um, I know. <laughs> I want the nemesis system and everything. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but hey, you hear that? We want to bring fans something new, yet still connect them to that feeling that they had two decades ago, playing that masterpiece for the first time. Now, there's no launch date or window that was given for Splinter Cell Remake. The original game, while launching the GameCube, PlayStation 2, Windows PC, and Xbox, turns 20 in 2022. Pong. How do you feel about some of the things that I, I kind of brought up in the beginning as far as 
with all the things that are going on in the background, um, all the heat that these different companies are getting as far as um, mm-hmm. fairness in the within the game gaming industry, um, just all this harassment that's going on, people not being treated fairly. And then um, not only that, does this come off to you like this was just kind of a playoff off of that? They were trying to make up some make up some uh, some mind share for that or. Does this and I should say not or because it's not an or situation and does this get you excited for the potential? Um, and again, I did hear you guys' breakdown of it um, and it did bring yeah, some excitement hours. to me. You, you guys did a two hour <laughs> breakdown for sure. Um, so you guys were definitely, you guys are definitely yeah. hyped. But yeah. with everything considered, with everything being considered, how do you feel about this whole play here? Okay, let's start here. Still, let me respond to you first of all. Um, gamers have an extremely short-term memory. Oh, yeah. Those of us that aren't in this stuff daily, like we are mm-hmm. in this community and 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 reading things and doing things, had already forgotten about Ubisoft's mm. problems Mm-mm-mm. in the HR area. Okay, it was not being brought up anymore. That was old compared to what we already what we what we're hearing now from Activision, Bungie. Uh, Quantic Dream is now back in the in the spotlight again as well with their announcement of uh, Star Wars game. We had already forgotten all about Ubisoft, okay? Um, and again, I say we, meaning the masses. Again, us here, we brought it up every time. I said every time we talk about Ubisoft, we'll make sure to remind people right. just like we do with Activision of what's going on. Ubisoft uh, has a string of allegations. Um, not quite to the level of what Activision does, but over a period of time, uh, that makes it no less horrendous. Okay. Right. Uh, at the end of the day, and that there, there, there's word out of Ubisoft internally that it's still not fixed, that a lot of it has been brushed under the rug or painted over, uh, but it's already cracking and that there's still a toxic um, environment there. Um, again, I'm not an insider, but do know personally of people who have worked at Ubisoft that say the same thing. Okay. It's a problem. Okay. But I think at the end of the day, as far as the masses go, and as far as this announcement goes, Mm -hmm. I think this more had to wash the taste away of their failings recently with ghost recon um, and, and that debacle and how that launched and then even more recently though, X defiant. Okay. X defiant. Oh, was going to be their new big game, right? They were excited. They brought on uh, what's his face from call of duty fame. Uh, to lead the project, that this was going to be their moneymaker. Ubisoft right now is is a is a rudderless ship. Yep. They are trying to figure out how they can become EA in a lot of ways. They're trying to figure out how they can yep. capitalize on monetization, free-to-play models, games-as-a-service models. They're trying to do that, right? Um, and they've, they're lost. They've lost their way. They've done some good things. Again, without Ubisoft, the beginning of this current gen would have been really light. I, I got to tell you, Watch Dogs Legions had a lot of issues. The game save bug was awful, but the game overall was a good game, and, and it did ray tracing very well. It did. Yes, 30 frames per second. I understand that, but when, when a lot of devs have not been able to get ray tracing on their games yet because it is kind of an overhyped option that Steele and I have talked about plenty here, they did it right. And it was a showpiece. It looked fantastic. Okay. Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Yeah. Really beautiful, gorgeous game. Plays okay? well. One of the, 
Good story. Yeah, good story. The Assassin's Creed engine that they use, which is a proprietary engine that they've been developing over almost a de- over a decade now, really pushed current gen hardware more yeah. than a lot of those games that were initially coming out early on, right? Mm-hmm. So they've done some good things. But that now in the back end, they've been trying to figure out how to create these money-making games. Right. And they're doing an awful job at it. X Defiant came out and fell flat on its face. So much so that they... I don't even think it came out of beta, did it? Uh, Alpha? Well, no, no. But after the showing, they pushed it all back and and they were going to do a beta, remember? And they cut out, they said, no, we're not going to do the beta now. Um, All this kind of stuff. So I think what they've done here, Steele, why they... Now, and again, I'm not an insider, but I do know some things. And I know for a fact that they've had different versions of Splinter Cell up and running over the past five years. Okay, they have had some work done on the background on Splinter Cell. One of the versions was open world, like Ghost Recon, and one of the versions was linear. Okay, and they both were in a playable state where you where they had a level created and, and they were testing it in the background. Okay, but they were trying to decide how they were going to bring Splinter Cell and Sam Fisher back and monetize him. Okay. I think what happened and where the shift happened is they sat and watched Capcom come out with Resident Evil remakes and have huge success. They watched EA launch Mass Effect, the remastered trilogy, to success. They watched EA come out with Jedi Fallen Order as a single-player, linear, non-monetized game and have big sales, right? Thanks to Zampella and his crew over at Respawn. Mm-hmm. So I think they watched this over the past few years now and finally said to themselves, we're sitting on this IP. It's an IP that while isn't the biggest IP, Splinter Cell, for as popular as it is and for as many people as there are in the fan base, it wasn't a huge game by, nah. by mm-hmm. what we consider a huge game. Nah. But it was a great seller, but it yeah. just wasn't huge. Excuse me, but I think they were sitting on this IP and finally looked at all these other people around them having success and said, why aren't we, while we're still trying to decide what we're doing over here, we're sitting on this kind of gold mine right here. Why not finally do this? And it'll bring us some goodwill at the same time with our fans, right? It'll be something we're giving them something that they've been requesting for a very long time. So I think all those things kind of came together right now. And that's why they decided to do it. There was a lot of people, a lot of people in the know that were surprised it was not shown at E3. And so that means the smoke has been around for a very long time. Um, so now is the right time. Uh, I, I can't believe they didn't do it at the Game Awards. I was shocked about that, right? Yeah. If you're going to do this, why wait till after the Game Awards? Why not do it at the Game Awards? My God, create a little splash teaser. All you got to do is have the goggles with the night, night vision saying, sound the turning that. on. Mm-hmm. That's all you needed at the at game awards. It would have been freaking insane, but they decided not to do that. Anyways, I digress. So I think they decided at this point to do this right now and finally give the fans what they wanted. Um, they are saying, if you read that entire interview, uh, like Mav and I did on PM and the PM, they are saying all the right things like that interview is internal and normally you, what you get from an internal interview is a fluff piece, but they actually 
asked real questions in that interview and got real answers. And the people that are leading this were a part of the blacklist team. But blacklist was not the original Splinter Cell, right? They hadn't done an original Splinter Cell for a while. They had gotten away from that stealth action because the stealth, we've seen the stealth uh, genre dwindle down to basically nothing. We have hybrids now, stealth, but more action, right? Assassin's Creed did that very well. Hitman does that very well. It's stealth, but it's still action. The original Splinter Cell was straight up stealth and it's a niche. It's not, it's not for everybody, right? It never was for everybody. That's why I said it never was the biggest seller of all time. It was a great seller, but it was never like a, a blockbuster seller. Sam Fisher became a blockbuster himself character, but the game itself never was that. But at the end of the day, they're not talking about going to the blacklist days. They're talking about going back to the original Splinter Cell as the core of the gameplay that they want to develop in this game. That is gigantic for all of us diehard Splinter Cell fans who love that core gameplay. Yes, we like the other ones. They were all fun. Uh, like I said, Conviction is right up there with my favorite yeah. uh, Splinter Cells. I just love the whole presentation of Conviction mm-hmm. itself. Um, but that hardcore gameplay, that's what they're talking about in the interview. And I think that is the key here that we can take away from this. These guys know exactly what they're going for. They understand that they have to update it to modern day because, again, Splinter Cell, had, you know, that style of Splinter Cell hasn't been out in well over a decade. We skipped an entire generation with zero Splinter Cell. When Mav and I were talking about it, I pulled it out. We had three Splinter Cells during the 360 generation. Three, and we went to zero last gen. Yep. That's crazy. But they're talking about the original trilogy being their core. And to see them go back to that and build off of that. And I understand that they're going to want to in this day and age in 2021. And obviously we're not going to see it till 2024, 2025, but this day and age, they're going to want to open it up to a bigger audience. They're going to want to try to bring in more people. So they're going to try to make it a little bit more accessible. As long as you give me the option to go back to the hardcore stealth days and then build off of that and then, open it up, whether it's through difficulty, whether it's through turning off certain aspects of the game, play that help people. I don't care if you do that and you want to open up for the masses. They are focused on that core stealth, hardcore gameplay. They even talked about, they even said the hardcore stealth, right? Right. They even talked about that challenge of getting through a level without ever being noticed and the feeling of accomplishment that you get when you finish that level, right? That was gigantic for me, uh, for Mav, uh, for for the Splinter Cell fans, because that means as long as this could all be lip service. Again, right. I understand why we don't trust Ubisoft these days. I'm just saying the lip service they're giving us is like perfect. Like that whole interview was like perfect. Everything they were saying. Um, then to see them go into the Snowdrop using the Snowdrop engine. Look, Snowdrop engine is one of my favorite engines. Engines, there's a, I'm not a tech guy, but I certainly know my engines from playing so many different games. Right. Snowdrop is up there in top five engines for me. Uh, what we saw in Division 2 was cross-gen. What they did with the upgrade to get it to 60 frames per second, resolution boost, even though it was already pretty good on resolution, they did boost it. Um, some of the lighting that they did in Division 2, they reworked some of the lighting. Look, 
they're going to be focused on current gen only because this game's not coming out for three to four years. They're going to update the Snowdrop engine. The Snowdrop engine is currently be u- being used for Avatar, the new game coming from Ubisoft, yes. and also their new Star Wars game. That means that there's already teams within Ubisoft that are working on Snowdrop, updating it. They're going to be able to use what those teams are doing and add their own spin onto Snowdrop when we finally get the Splinter Cell. This game is going to look gorgeous. I know yeah, that for 100%. a fact. I agree. I agree. And I know that its strengths lie in the AI, the shadows, and the lighting, just like they talked about. And that's what Splinter Cell is, really. That's those three core needs in a Splinter Cell game. And we already saw the environments that it can create in Division 2. Can't imagine what they're going to pull out in three or four years with this. They're going to be able to use this engine. They, they talked about the engine specifically being uh, very easy to try things. And find out if they work. It's not a complex engine to use, which means that's going to speed up the development process for them as they try to go back and rework Splinter Cell into a modern day version. And I think that is going to be huge as well. Uh, Again, go read this interview. If you guys are Splinter Cell fans, like I said, normally you don't get this kind of information from an internal interview. I was really shocked when I read through it. I was like, wow, they really, they really kind of went deep on this interview and really got down dirty with these guys. Um, But they are the original blacklist team. They're bringing on new people. They are hiring for that team. Ubisoft Toronto. Ubisoft Toronto is a veteran team overall, but they are expanding to make this game, which means that Ubisoft is investing in this game, which means this is not going to be a half-ass attempt at creating a new splinter cell or rebooting. I think this is more of a reboot than it is a remake. Cause I don't think they're going to follow the original game story beat by story beat. I don't think we're going to see the original environments just remade nowadays. I think they're going to reboot this franchise. Cause they talked about that was the other part steel is they said, this is setting up for the future of splinter cell. Right. So if this is successful, if this is, if they do this right, they understand this is their one shot. If they make this successful, that means we're going to get more Splinter Cell, which is nothing but a great thing, right? That means Ubisoft is in on this. So I'm happy about everything they had to say. I'm happy about the direction they they are going in with this. Um, And I can't wait to see what we, you know, now I'm just waiting for the first teaser, right? Now I'm waiting just to see kind of what what it's going to feel like, what it's going to kind of give me that look. Now I can't wait for that, but take your time, Ubisoft Toronto. Ubisoft Toronto has worked on some of Ubisoft's biggest titles out there, and they get it. Uh, Watchdog Legions was their was their main baby, uh, and again, there's aspects in Watchdog's Legions being able to stealth around and that kind of stuff. Right. You can see it. You can see it's in their DNA to do this type of game. I man, I am so hyped, Steel. I uh, just the return of Sam Fish. I don't even care. Like we've we've talked about whether or not they bring back Michael Ironside to do the voicing. Right. Like I said, if this is their one shot to get it right, I say you go all out. And if Michael Ironside's health is okay, you pay him whatever he needs to do to do one last game as Sam Fisher. And then you can go ahead and talk about where you want to transition to because they're going to have to transition Sam Fisher at some yeah, point. Yeah, no, 100%. So, but I think you give it your all in this one. You put all your eggs in this basket. Um, and I'll end on this deal. I also know internally at Ubisoft, they have kept a lot, despite all the problems they've had, right. they've kept a ton of their talent. Their talent are veterans over there. 
And I know for a fact that there's a lot of those teams that will be rooting for this splinter cell to succeed because there's a lot of those teams, the Assassin's Creed teams right. that would want to go back and do an original style Assassin's Creed instead of what they've got now as great, as great as Odyssey was as great as origins was as great as a Valhalla is. There's a lot of those veteran members that want to do the original style. And I think a lot of them see this splinter cell as an opportunity. They got a team that has a shot at showing Ubisoft's upper management and investors that they can make it work and that these people might get to go back to their babies and do the same thing. Right. And, and I think so that that's a huge deal for, uh, for everybody over there. Uh, and I think this is going to energize internally Ubisoft as well, that they're allowing one team to go back to one of those IPs and do it the right way. Um, I think that's cool, man. I think that's cool. I think we're on to something special here, Stu. No, yeah, hundred percent agree. Uh, I, it's just, it's one of those things where we definitely, I definitely want to wait and see what they actually present to us for gameplay. Again, uh, I wouldn't necessarily want an open world Splinter Cell. I mean, I, I know I can understand how that would work. Wasn't adverse to it, but yeah, no. I preferably uh, I want my linear. Yeah, I want the linear cell. story. Um, yeah. and if you're gonna do the remake. Yeah, let's do the remake and then kind of go off of there. Uh, I do kind. I don't necessarily agree that I would want to bring Michael Ironside back just because if you're going to do a remake, then you you kind of want to already, unless you can get him in good health and everything, you might as well just do the trilogy then. At that point, that's the question too. You don't know what the roadmap looks like, right, Steel? Right. Great question. I mean, of course, you got to get out that remake and then see what kind of people are going from there. Like I said, I just don't think this is going to be a straight remake. That's my personal feeling. I think they're I think they're using the core base of the original game right. as a starting point, but I think it's going to be a different story with different environments. And if they're going to do that, yeah, I need a completely different. Just give me the that's voice fine. actor that you're planning on moving forward yeah. with. And that's what, in and, that case. Yeah, and I understand that point. I do. We went back and forth. Mav and I went back. And forth. You were there, yeah. obviously. And we threw out different names of who could take over. Either way, I'm okay with it. I'm just saying if I was the dev, I'd go all in and give total fan service and get Michael Ironside if I could. I, that, that's yeah, all I'm saying. I, I 100% but, agree. I understand. But, yeah, I definitely understand that for sure. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, Nick's, I have not heard from you, and I do not recall if I could, if uh, you were on Twitter. Um, I tried to pull up the YouTube and everything. I might have to go back after the show to pull up your YouTube information uh, to see if I need to pull you up that way. But if any of you guys know, if Nix does have um, a Twitter or whatever the case, please let us know. We want to make sure that he does get that $100 gift code uh, for Xbox. Um, ag again, congratulations on that. And we do have one more winner for $75. Yes, and... I'm ready to announce that winner now, if you are ready, ladies and gentlemen. And again, I want to thank you all for being here, locked and loaded, falling in, and just being the beautiful people that you are. But now I must roll this final winner for the $75 Xbox gift code giveaway. And that winner is... Rolling. It's rolling. It's going to Shizno and Lee. Oh, brother Shizno, congratulations. 
Shout out, shout out to you, Shizno. Hey, man, congratulations on that. Um, I do believe we do have you on Twitter for sure. Your name is yeah. more than familiar, yeah. so I know we can definitely get you that code and everything. Um, again, man, I do believe it's actually ends up being two codes. Um, I think it's one for twenty five, another one's for fifty, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, or it could just be one code. I don't, I can't recall, but. We will definitely make sure to get that to you in the DMs, Pong, if you want to go ahead and uh, send that his way for him. Again, Nicks, if you hear us, please let us know. If not, I will go in the back end and get that set up and everything so I can pull up that YouTube account to get you pulled up. Um, and if anybody else knows if Nix has an actual Twitter account, please let me know. Send his link my way or I should say our way so we can get that code to him, man. Again, Nix, you were the winner of the $100 gift code giveaway for Xbox. And Shizno Elite, congratulations to you, brother. You have been rocking with us since the beginning and I love what you bring to our chats and everything, man. Congratulations to you. Again, we just roll the names, whoever it lands on, that's who it gets it. So congratulations to you for that $75 gift code for Xbox, man. With that being said, I do have to bring back a segment that we have been skipping over for the last couple of weeks just because of the life happens, man. You gotta gotta take care of some things. And since we're already over the three hour mark, I think we actually covered a lot considering. Yeah. Um yeah. I didn't think we were even going to get this far. I thought we were going to be fighting for time. Like, man, I don't, I don't know. But again, <laughs> this is part of what me and Pong do. If, it's, if there was anybody out there that could just pay us for being us, <laughs> my God, we, could we bring? Hey, I'm about to start hollering at G4 TV. Hey, G4. That's right. Me and Pong, Pong and I, we could do yeah. this. Four hours. Easy. You need some Pong and Steel. Easy. We fit right in. We fit right in. We can talk about games all day long. Oh, uh, uh, hey, I'm just saying. Uh, and we're very passionate, as you can tell. The energy is there. This isn't like an on and off switch. It just keeps going. But with that being said, hopefully you guys know what I am in reference to. And that is the This Day in Gaming segment where we make go back. you old. And make Pong feel old. But not only do we make Pong feel old, but we also go back within the 30 years of gaming to kind of give you guys an aspect of where we came from to where we are now. Uh, to help you reminisce, to help you think back on some previous titles and all the way up to present day. So with that being said, let's get knee deep into this week and uh, well, this day in gaming. So, Starting off with in 1987. Oh boy, I was 12. We're starting with the NES. I wasn't even a teenager yet. And final, with Final Fantasy releasing in Japan. Mm -hmm. Played that original Final Fantasy. Wow, that's classic. Oh yeah. 1993, Super Nintendo release Dragon Quest 1 and 2 in Japan. Then in 1997, Nintendo 64 released Flying Dragon in Japan. Then PlayStation released, and I do remember this game, Mega Man Legends in Japan. Then in 1998, Nintendo 64 released Mario Party Japan. And then still kicking. Yeah, it's still kicking. Goodness. And then Game Boy Color released Pokemon Trading Card Game in Japan. Shizno, uh, check your DMs, by the way, brother. Make sure you got them. Check those DMs, Shizno, so you can get those codes. Again, man, congratulations. Um, 2002, 
Uh, the Neo Geo release, the King of Fighters 2002. I didn't even Neo Geo is a friend. Oh yeah, oh yeah, of course. That's crazy to think about, bro. Oh, so good, God. so good, <laughs> so crazy. To think I, like about. I said, we were. I was looking at Funko Land, and we had one used Neo Geo. Nobody ever bought it because I think we were selling it for like eight. Was it seven hundred, eight hundred dollars? We had, we had a, we had four, four or five games. And uh, we used to pull it out after the store closed. We'd lock the doors and pull out the Neo Geo and sit there and play for hours. Oh, man, it was so awesome. That sounds, oh, like, a, that sounds like a bomb. It was time. so fun. <clears throat> then in 2003, uh, we go into the PlayStation 2, releasing Front Mission 4 in Japan. And also, they released Kamen Rider 555 in Japan. Kamen Rider actually was a good game. Mm-hmm. Um, 2007, iOS released Sonic the Hedgehog. Of course they did. Why wouldn't they? <laughs> and then a 2008 PSP release, Dissidia, Final Fantasy Japan. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yep. Then, series that I wish I had had some time to play, and I'm kind of waiting for the emulators to kind of get pulled back up for possibly the PlayStation 2, PlayStation 3. This could be hopefully, hopefully a good reason for me to get a 5 whenever I end up getting one. Um, if they end up putting some of these titles in there, which I highly doubt that they will, because it is what it is. But PlayStation 2, PlayStation 3, and Xbox 360 released Dynasty Warriors Gundam 2 Ooh, in Japan. Little Gundam action for you, brother. That, no, no, that Gundam, that Dynasty Warriors yeah. Gundam game, those games were, yeah. those, for Dynasty Warrior games, those are, those are really good. I, I hadn't had a chance to play uh, 2 and I think it was 3. I, I, I really want to play them. I really do. All right, then PlayStation 2 goes into Fate Unlimited Codes in Japan. Then DS released Harvest Moon DS. Shout out to you, Lady AF. Grand Bazaar <laughs> in Japan. Then on DS, they released Ragnarok DS. Then on, on the Wii, they released Rock Band 2. Yo, shout out to the Guitar Hero Rock Band era. I, I feel like oh, it was huge, man. What I a, feel like we'll never get back to that. What a sensation. Oh, yeah. Yo, get in on that, get in on Guitar Hero, and oh, uh, uh, rock it like a hurricane. Now, and now Epic Games has got him working on uh, music for Fortnite. Oh, if you guys, <laughs> if you guys can see me, just put my hand on my forehead. Goodness gracious! All the, all the, all they had to do is reiterate and actually. All like, they had to do was not pump out. They were forced, or they did whatever the case was. But they pumped out like sometimes two and three games to. a year. They, they didn't, didn't need, need to. to. Oh my god! Such so, so death by dishonor. Um, <laughs> then on <laughs> DS, uh, they released in two thousand eight. Sukuden Tykris in Japan. Tykris. Shout out to Sukuden, man! One of the best games in the world C unit, Chris Jones, uh, member of the community, uh, writes for iron Lords. Uh, yes. look, he is a Suikoden super fan. Uh, like I love those games, but he is a super fan. He knows the entire history. Great games, great games. Nice. Perfect. Um, Splendiferous on this one. he said, yo man, I really love this artwork. Hey man. Now this was, I did, I did create it all. I did, I did all this. I, I will let you know that, uh, the images and stuff like that. Yeah, I did. We did do all um, but to jump back into it, give me a moment here. Let me get everything pulled back up. All right. 
We go on to 2014. The 3DS released Final Fantasy Explorers in Japan. Then on PlayStation 3, again, the third iteration of this game is the reason I bought a PlayStation 4. PlayStation 3 released the Gundam Breaker 2 in Japan. And if you guys haven't played Gundam Breaker, you have a PlayStation 4, please, if you're a Gundam fan, play Gundam Breaker 3. It is a freaking fantastic game. You want to talk about custom uh, customization options, a story, um, combat that is just like on point for a Gundam game. Oh my God, there's no better game. New Gundam Breaker has no comparison. Don't play that game. It's complete It's complete and utter garbage compared to Gundam Breaker 3. But if you like Gundam, definitely try it out. Um, and then PlayStation Vita released in 2014. Hyperdimension Neptunia Rebirth 3, 5 Generation in Japan. Not going to lie, I love those games. I'm really? not going to okay. lie. Hyperdimension Neptunia. Dude, this is the one I was telling you about. Anime Girls. Ah. Total total fan service right but each one of them represents a game system so they got xbox they got playstation you were telling me about this yeah they got we all dude is awesome i absolutely i absolutely love those games it's a great one it was uh, yeah it's actually solid games um I know, I know you get you get excited about it every time their their world that that it takes place in right steel is called games industry (laughs) <laughs> oh no! Yeah, it's game. Yeah, game industry. G A M I N D U S T R I. Game industry. That that's that, that's funny as hell. <laughs> that, that's funny as hell. Uh, well, let me click. You know, uh, <laughs> and it had great ratings. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, they were great games, man. I'm telling you, it was a great RPG. All their well, they had action ones and they had RPG ones. They've done so many different ones. That's crazy. Um, iterations, but yeah, no, the girls all have individual powers. They all, dude, it, it they're really good. <laughs> that's crazy. That's that's crazy. <laughs> I, I was wondering because I was I was starting to see some anime like some anime content from that. Yeah. And I was like, oh, wait, somebody just create these. And yeah. if you're telling me that these are coming from these games, oh, okay, yeah. but that's yeah. amazing. That's got to yeah. okay. That's awesome. <laughs> um, all right. Then 2017 PC released Fire Pro Wrestling World. Not familiar with that. So oh, yeah, Fire Pro. Yeah, yeah Fire Pro is a good game. Um, then in 2018, PlayStation 4 released Warhammer Vermintide <laughs> 2. Excellent game. And uh, this might be everybody's favorite game. Um, it's not mine, and I could care less. But 2020, PC released Hentai Femdom Sim Femdom University. Nope. Nope. Pause. Okay, okay, okay. Where, where? <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that was your Disney and Gaming segment. Are you bringing it? Uh, I was We're waiting gonna, for you to bring it up. I oh, you, you, you want to like, oh, let's, let's bring it up? Oh, there you go. <laughs> look, the picture's so small, I can't even see it. Hey, look at these ratings. It has great ratings. Oh, shut up. Does it really? Yeah, it has four star ratings. It is a, oh, it, God. It has th- oh. three hearts for difficulty. Dude, yeah, well, we we do have a lot of weebs out there. That's there's, there's, a, there's a lot of there's a lot of there's a lot of people out here who really love hentai, man. It's, yeah, they're into that, man. It you is know? what it is. It is what it is. Hey, there's something for everybody. You you like it? Uh, you like it? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I love that. I can't. I can't say if I if you like it, I love it on that one. I don't. I don't know about that. That's a little. That's a little over the top. Still, I you it. like tentacles? You like tentacles. N- no, I don't like tentacles. No, no. <laughs> No, I, I, no, yeah, no, no, I can't. No, paint, nah, no, no, nah, I can't paint that. I can't paint that one. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this was episode 38 of the Living Split Screen podcast morning show. Um, hey, your Saturday morning cartoons where we give come in at you every 9 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. UK time on a Saturday to give you that live, raw, uncut, organic, authentic passion that only Pong, Soul, and myself can bring you. Pong, I do have to say another fantastic episode on a week-to-week basis. Saturday, excuse me, is definitely... One of the days that I look forward to the most, um, get together with you, get to have these conversations. We get, we get to go on for hours that seem like an hour, couple hours, some uh, most of the time where it doesn't even, it just seems like time is just flying by. And I feel like that's one of the most unique things that we bring here. Again, um, almost getting up to the 52 episodes where we would have been doing this for a year. It just gets, uh, it gets me more excited because it seems like we're just constantly seeming to grow. People are seemingly loving what we're doing. So that's another great part of it. Um, no, uh, do we have the hundreds of viewers or whatever the case? No, but I feel like we'll definitely be there sooner than later. And that's the main thing. Uh, we're consistent. Uh, I definitely want to start doing more. I've actually start, set OBS to start where I can start making 30 second clips at any given time. Um, or there's one one press of a key I can make a 30 second clip on any part of the uh, portion of the show so I'm definitely going to start trying to do that but uh, brother I just want to tell you love you I love the energy that you bring here uh, don't know where, 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 where would we be at if we had not met in those chats uh, you know not to, not that long ago <laughs> and again gaming has brought us together in a way that I do want people to understand Gaming is a universal thing. It's something that should bring us together, something that we should be able to have constructive conversations with and or just have con- constructive conversations over. Um, and especially now, this day and era, I understand the console wars kind of back in the day um, because a lot of the companies played into that. But this in this day and era, understand we are in an age of accessibility. I'm, I'm going to sound like a broken record. You're going to know Steel for that. Hey, all Steel ever talks about. Age of accessibility and all Pong talks about this golden age of gaming. Golden age that's of all, gaming. That's all they ever say. Play what you love, love what you play. That's all. Keep it alive, raw, and uncut. That's all they ever say. I, I, I tell people they're going to start dreaming about it. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're definitely going to start dreaming about it. 4GQ TV says, I wish I could donate to you guys, man. I love the content. Hey, man. We got to get to a thousand, um, and we want to do that in the most organic way possible. Shout out to Wandering Dutch again, and the the winner for that uh, custom controller that we got set up for that Splendiferous. Splendiferous again. Um, hopefully, uh, hopefully Dutch has definitely got with you in the background as far as that has gone. If not, definitely let us know so we can get that conversation going. As far as that goes, I know Wandering Dutch has been a busy man. Again, definitely after this stream, if you guys have the opportunity, jump into that 24-hour gaming marathon with Wandering Dutch and crew. I'm going to drop that link back off in the chat again. Definitely drop in there. Show some love. Um Hey, you can't donate here. Donate to them uh, to a wonderful cause. Like Pong said earlier, fuck cancer, man. Um, it's definitely affected a lot of us in ways that, hey, luck. I can definitely speak for myself. My mother, I almost lost my own mother to, to cancer. Um, so I definitely can understand I, that. I uh, lost both my grandparents at, a, at an early age. So, so I, both, both in their 
uh, early sixties when they, when they left, when I was a kid. So, yep. So again, exactly. Fuck cancer, man. Um, so anything that we can do to kind of push that forward and get everybody in the right direction. Excellent. Uh, one more time, shout out to the winners for the hundred dollar gift code giveaway that was Nick's and then for the $75 that was Shiznal Elite I do believe that was sent to your box uh, Nick's yep, he's got him uh, uh, Nick's hopefully I can get with you on the back end when I get everything uploaded and whatnot uh, excellent Spendiferous you and Dutch spoke that's excellent perfect uh, again greatly appreciate you all for being here on a week to week basis for those of you who are new hopefully you enjoyed the content we do upload live same day to all audio platforms, Spotify, Apple, Google, whatever it is, we are there. Um, definitely wanted to see about gaining more traction on that end. With that being said, you can find me, I, Steel Rain, I, better yet known as just Steel Rain. The T is a seven, but you can type it in everywhere. If it has, if it's on Google, if it's on Xbox, if it's on PlayStation, if it's on PC, type it in. You will find me. Hit me up in the DMs. You want to get some gaming in. Uh, my main caviar right now has been Halo Infinite. Uh, me and Pong have been kind of talking about maybe possibly jumping into some some Anvil, uh, maybe some other games because we definitely want to get some uh, record some content for some other things because I just like to bring y'all some some new games and other things that I've touched on or that we've kind of enjoyed, but. With that being said, ladies and gentlemen, greatly appreciate you. This is the episode 38 of Living Split Screen. Pong, lead the people to victory. Let them know where they can find you. And uh, thanks for just being the uncanny gentleman that you are, man. Well, brother, hey, first of all, everybody do go check out Wandering Dutch's stream. Again, he's doing 24 hours. He started at 6 a.m. Eastern this morning, um, which is 11 o'clock GMT time uh, for European friends. Uh Go check out. Even if you just stop in to say hi, man, he'll appreciate it. 24 hours gaming while streaming and talking is no joke. So go check out Wandering Dutch and just give him a hi, man. He'll definitely appreciate that. Uh, look, Steel, what can I say, man? This year, as we roll into 2022, man, again, I never thought I would be here, but I never thought I, I, I could never have found a better partner in crime than I have in you, brother. So, I'm so glad that we got to know each other. Like I said, that's the best. There's there's bad parts about social media and about the internet. There's also really ridiculously good parts of it. And one of those is obviously meeting people in this community that I have since I jumped in and you being one of the prime, my brother from another that I, that I met uh, and for us to get together and do this show um, is, is truly special. Um, you know, say it all the time, but this time in the world right now is so hard for so many people and so much just ugliness everywhere on top of everything else. Real life is very hard, but creating memories here in this community, uh, these are the memories I bring to my grave uh, when it's time for me to go. And I hopefully will have time to re be reflecting if I'm blessed enough to do that, that these memories right here will be there. Um, and so Thank you, brother, for this past year and for everything that we've done together. Uh, I couldn't have done it without you. You know that. You do everything on the back end. I'm not the tech guy. I don't have the equipment. Hopefully someday I'm going to have the equipment to be able to do stuff. But Steel has been the backbone to this show. Um, and without him, there would not be a show on top of just the personal stuff, man, and how much you mean to me, your energy, how we just seem to click 
out yeah. the gates. And that's, that's something you don't find all the time, but I've, I seem to have found a lot of people here that I do that with in this community, but man, you just being one of those real ones, man. Uh, and bringing it each and every week, no matter what we both have going on in real life, even if we can't play games together, like we want to every Saturday, you show up, man, with that same energy uh, and that passion uh, that we both have. And it's just so easy for us. And so thank you brother for this past year chat. Thank all of you. Again, I started out in that chat. That that's 100%. that's that's my roots, man, in this community. Same as Steel, same as a lot of these new people you're seeing popping up all over this community, Not man. As this in as this industry grows, there's so much talent just hanging out in the chat as well. Uh, but I love all of you because again, I don't get to spend as much time there anymore because real life has taken over. Work's yeah. getting back to normal. But when I jumped in, when the pandemic was in full swing. You guys were some of the first people I met. That's how I got to know people. That's how I got to find all these great shows. That's how all of a sudden I got to show up on Retro Renegades. Shout out to Jago, right? I got to show up on Retro Renegades thanks to Jay, Graphic God, right? And Jago and all, all those guys over there. And, and they gave me my first chance just to come on and talk. And I still didn't think I was going to do anything, but that's how I started. And all of a sudden I found out that I liked it. <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, I'm popping up shows because community members like Dan, the man Cunningham, who was in here earlier, he shouted me out to boom and said, boom should have me on. I remember. And three bit, you know, another brother from another three bit who I've gotten to get to know. He shouted me out to PTK Blam and said, get this man on your show. That's how this started for me. You know, and then I find you through playing in chat and then playing after hours uh, from Xbox Ultimate on Halo. And Steel and I are playing together, and all of a sudden we just got this nice little thing going, this right. little, this little back and forth. And I really love his energy. And and all of a sudden I hit him up in the DMs and say, "Hey, Steel, you want to do something? You know, I kind of want to get my own show going, man." And I, you're the first person I thought of. And Steel's like, "What? Yeah, yeah, I'm kind of think, yeah, let's do this, right?" And then yeah. now here we are. Here we are, 38 episodes later, 38 yeah. weeks, only one miss, right? Oh, so. Yeah. This whole this whole year since we started and um, again just special but chat all of you love you all nothing but respect for every single one of you You're all part of this community whether you're just in chats whether you just listen and never show up in chat but you're lurking the entire time whether you're producing content you're all part of this games industry we can't think of ourselves separate because we are the passion. We are the energy that drives this game industry. We are the vocal ones, right? We are the ones that continue to show support and spread the word about this stuff. So thank you all. Uh, and I want you to all have a great holiday, no matter how you celebrate it. Christmas, it doesn't matter. Hanukkah, I don't care what you're celebrating. New year, just go. First of all, make sure you're hugging and yes, telling the ones that you love that you that you're there right and make sure that that real life is taken care of but then when you got a chance to kick back it is the golden age of gaming people and that's what we're here for so it is the golden age of game so treat that real life with respect make sure you get that love out there to those those closest to you but then take time for yourself take yeah. times for your you know multiplayer friends whoever you're connecting with across the world and gaming and go ahead and give yourself that time as well but enjoy it Golden Age of Gaming is here. Play what you love. Love what you play. Steel and I will be back. We might we might do a New Year's Day one. We'll see. We'll see. We'll, we'll, see. Do, we'll see. We'll see. But uh, keep your eyes and ears open for that. But otherwise, all of you, love you. Have a great holiday. Have a great New Year if I don't talk to you before then. And I will definitely be talking to you all real soon.
steal. Send them home, brother. All right, ladies and gentlemen, like Paul said, um, we will not have living split screen next Saturday as it is Christmas. And me and Paul will talk about in the background and everything if we want to do one on new year's depending on what's going on around that again the end of the year beginning top of the year is really an important time for family um so just depending on what's going on depending on what we want to do uh we'll probably come back again saturday for the first of the year it does start on saturday so we'll see what's going on at that point uh we may end up skipping a couple of weeks but we'll definitely will keep you guys tuned in um on twitter so definitely to pay attention to that and if if anything you'll definitely stay tuned to living split screens channel itself um i will still try to upload content between now and then if i can uh, maybe some gameplay maybe some other things between now and then if anything just pay attention to when we're going to upload um i also try to upload the early kind of video letting you know when we were when we will be upcoming uh, on a saturday or whatever the case so definitely pay attention to that hit the like hit the notification bell so you know when we go live and other than that y'all stay easy stay blessed stay godly stay safe and keep it live raw and uncut ladies and gentlemen we'll see y'all next time y'all have a good one later